imagine we have done uh, launches in the past you have to do an only physical launch right so now we have helped our developers during covid right launch a project without them opening their gallery everything uh-huh. online virtual and we have helped them to sold out a project within 28 300 308 units within 28 minutes so that in the past you will never be able to do it yeah right so because we have the tool ready to help before we begin the podcast have you gotten your free ebook it's called the build a six-figure portfolio guidebook now inside it we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level the best part it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free whether you're on spotify or youtube the link to download is in the description or you can go to www.firl.co f-r-e-e or www.firo.co slash free hey guys it's been a while uh apologies for the hiatus but uh finally we're back with another pod and today we have a very interesting guest all our guests are interesting but this one is a different type of interesting because they are more of business owners uh they are partners a team of out of a team of four right four partners so half of them are here and i like to introduce first uh CEO of M Hub, uh, quite is that what you prefer? Yes, name? yes. And of course, um, a friend of mine, uh, Jason, who is the CMO. Perhaps uh, to make sure that the other two don't get left out, we'll get the other two on. <laughs> so soon. Our, the, the the others in our co-founding team is uh, Joshua Ong, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is our chief strategy officer and our CTO, yeah. uh, Jonathan Saw. But also in our leadership team is uh, Victor Chua, who's our chief business officer. I see. Uh, so so it's four plus both. one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I see. In okay, the leadership okay. team. So we will definitely touch about some of the leadership <laughs> dynamics later on. It's a core, questions that, core question that I always ask. But I always like to start off with the human being. And maybe with you, Quack, first, um, before the CEOs, before the industry, before working, right? Um, was there always an inclination into entrepreneurship, real estate, technology when you were young? In, in fact, that that's a very good question to begin with. Like, you know, I just like couple, like probably just a couple of days ago, I was actually suddenly stumbled upon a, um, what's it called? An, uh, a video on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. talking about uh, old coins. Right, you know, those probably in the sixties, you know, you got a fifty fifty cents coins and all this. Then suddenly remind re- reminded me myself that hey, you know, I used to keep all these nineteen sixty eight coins or nineteen sixteen seven, you know. So then 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 I couldn't sleep, you know, the that night. So the next morning I go and find my, you know, the the, the tabong la, right? So I found, finally found it. And I go and, you know, dig dig out all, all of my coins. I thought, wow, I'm gonna get rich, man. <laughs> uh-huh. So um why why I say so is because since very young, uh, in fact, uh I think probably six or seven, I have this saving uh, I have this habit of saving. I love money, you know. I love like like my mom gave me maybe, you know, a pocket money of two ringgit. I'll always uh, either save 150 
because those is 50 cents you can buy it buy you know a small meal uh. so ever since then you know to me money it's money concept is something pretty dearly to me uh no one taught me why you know uh why you need to save why you know I, it's just somehow it's your gene yeah i don't know maybe maybe you yeah, say gene yeah. and i still remember uh when i was even younger uh, not younger slightly older like maybe uh what eight years old nine years old you know when you when you get to keep a lot of money oh wow, then i you know when you're in a toilet you know what i do i actually count my money one ringgit two ringgit three ringgit <laughs> count because when you have like oh, 100 over ringgit eh, for kids like me uh, eight, eight nine years is a big deal you know wow, yeah. so i said yeah i can buy this toy that i want or you know, buy that one then somehow i didn't get to buy anything because i feel that yeah, i want it i want to save more <laughs> yeah yeah right so i I think that that instinct uh, in me that suddenly it reminded me that hey actually the entrepreneur entrepreneur in me started very very young mm. because entrepreneur you need to be a bit more uh, I wouldn't say money minded but at least you understand the money concept right you need money to change exchange of goods right you know those days a system butter then after you introduce money then you get you know, it's a currency to to get things that you want in a fairer system, right? So, um, therefore, I think um, that that itself carried, you know, I carried that in so-called instinct or habits or whatever uh, throughout my entire childhood uh, until teenage. Uh, I think even during the teen, you know, my, my, my school days, uh, I, I'm not a big spender because usually I'm a very kemsep, you know, I, I try not to buy things. My brother will say, hey, let's buy these expensive shoes. I was like, yeah, wow, spend 200 and get to buy that. You know, I'll still continue to keep and save. I think uh, then, in fact, I started my first, uh, I think the other day we talked about it also. Apparently, uh, four of us, I think easily three of us venture into something related to food. Right, my, my first really? so-called startup actually was after my college time, 18 years old. Uh, I actually, uh, me and another another good friend of mine, we actually bought into this franchise, a Vietnamese chicken rice franchise store. Right, so uh, that was, I think, after uh, after Taylor's. I did Sam, South Fresh uh, Matriculation. Right, yeah, right. Then before I went into uh, uh, University of Nottingham, for my chemical engineering degree. So I, I, I actually uh, started this chicken rice business, right? That actually you know, my first step into entrepreneur journey. Right. <clears throat> to really understand how to run a business, you know, how to really control your money, your costs. And, and we had two, uh, uh, two staff, right? One is, I think both are, uh, one chef. is a chef and one is probably helped to prepare. So, and then that, that's also the first time I, I understand, you know, start going into people management, right? Because your staff may, may get sick mm. or suddenly call off. What happened? What, what's next? Yeah. Unhappy. And then, then uh, I still remember the, the franchise saw owner and say, hey, if you got um, staff issue, no problem. I will send my people to come and help you. I said, oh, okay. Uh, that, that, this kind of concept of franchise, franchise saw, franchise see. And then those, those things. La. So you, you, and then uh, you have to handle your landlord. You have to handle a lot, a lot of things. And then uh, your students, the, I mean, those days we actually put our stall in uh, Sunway College. So you, you got your, you know, you have to entertain wow. all the feedback from the students. You know, these are, this really, really, you know, um, um, yeah, it gave me a very good it was a foundation. Yeah, the foundation. Um, yeah, so Jason, uh, did you also start a Vietnamese chicken store? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, before even I knew the word entrepreneurship, yes, 
I realized I was into it uh, in my, I think, primary school. Okay. <laughs> I, I used to do doodling in my classroom. And after a while, and I was like, you no, know, became in my, in my classroom, I was known for that, like doodling and drawing. And, and people like, wow, Jason, you're good at it. Like, wow, Jason, you're like, and people started offering money Whoa. To, 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 to draw for them. <laughs> 20 cents, 50 cents, that kind of thing. Like, because primary Big school. money back in the day. Prim, I have primary school, no. Can buy nasi lemak. Yes. So at first I felt bad. To be honest, I felt like, huh, you give me money. I felt guilty for doing that. But after a while, it, it, it dawned on me, this is a, a transaction. I, 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 I do this and then I get this. So, like, so I started getting into it more and more. And one thing led to another. I got into comics and I started trading comics in uh, secondary school. And uh, then I got into my, my work. I worked in Astro and International House and a few other places. But pretty soon after working, I felt that I did not want to work for someone else. Because I was working late at night. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. this big boss of mine doesn't even know what I'm doing or doesn't even care necessarily because it's a big organization. Um, I felt the need to, to be in charge and to be more directly uh, involved in whether if it, if it works out, I, 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 I reap the rewards. If it doesn't work out, then it's me as well. So I felt that kind of a, a inclination to, to take ownership of that. So <laughs> I don't know if you share this, but in, in one of the performance review that we were scheduled, I was so busy. It was kept, I kept pushing. This was back in your Astro days, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was okay. trying to avoid saying yes, but Astro days. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to avoid my uh, performance review because I like, oh, so busy. Like, so much work, so much work. So, much. so instead of filling up the performance review sheet, I filled up my resignation letter. Whoa. And then I went into the room. I said, bosses, guys, uh, I know this is supposed to be a performance review. <laughs> But uh, I just felt this need to, to resign instead. And like, what, Jason, what, what? So it was a big reaction. Uh, one of them, I, I could tell was a bit offended. And the other one was like, with a sympathetic face. Why, why do you do this? Why, why? <laughs> but uh, it was quite clear to me because uh, my, my passion was no longer there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I felt that uh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to, yeah. to build a business. I wanted to, to um, explore what I myself am capable with. So I started... Like like Quack mentioned, got into F and B as well. Started the Taiwanese dessert shop in ah. Kerala Damansara. Is it is it like the shave ice type? Yeah yeah yeah. Ah. It was like the uh, yeah like. They used like to have this thing called the, the, the. It would have been your competitor probably Tong Pak Fu. Yes yes something right. like Tong Pak Fu. Something, yeah but okay, uh, okay. these taro balls and Taiwanese oh. dessert. So that was something which uh, me and some friends got into, uh, and then from that experience uh, learn a lot. Right, mm -hmm. learn a lot of lessons, painful ones as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then uh, decided that FMB is not so much for me. Then this whole tech thing came around, and I started a, 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 a okay. company, a tech company, small outfit, and then uh, dabbled around into branding, marketing, and, sure. and, and agency and creative work mostly. Uh, and then this opportunity came along. We came together and decided that I think uh, it was in the days where uh, the tech startup was such a, a, a hot thing. Everybody's yeah. going to oh, text up, text up. So, so we felt that somehow uh, we were in a place where we could change the world. You know, this is a narrative. They say, well, change the world, change the world with your tech. It's just two of us, three of us at a time, four of us. Then uh, it was a small team, but the possibilities seemed huge, infinite. Yeah, it so seems like we could do it. I'll definitely touch on, on M-Hub, but before that, I think one thing that's very instrumental in a lot of, business owner's journey is definitely how they were raised. And so maybe I want to go back 
to you, Quack. Um, you mentioned that you know savings was part of your your genes, right? Uh, how would you describe the impact of your parents in what in how you raise and obviously mm. the kind of values that you have and yeah. you know what you bring to the workplace? Well, um, my father is, was a government servant. Mm. To um, he was uh, all this while I think throughout his whole uh, his whole career. Uh, he he graduated from University of Malaya back then. You know, in the seventies, I think. Then after that, uh, yeah. So he's to to him is um, uh. I, I don't think he he had taught me entrep- uh, you know the the whole entrepreneur concept. Uh, but he he had rather told me one thing, you know. Um, in life, you just have to be uh, be kind of like you know uh, uh, be accountable to what you do, right? So he he told me that you know education is is the basic, right? But what after education, it's it's your own. You are on your own. Yeah, you want to venture any kind of uh, uh, field, industry, or whatever you like, just go ahead. And he's, he's that that kind of supportive father, lah. I would say, lah. Uh, so and he also like kind of like you know taught me a, a little bit of uh, um how shall I say how to handle money during uh because my my mom uh, my mom passed away when I was sixteen, uh so and then uh after that uh my dad had had to uh, because I'm the youngest in the family so I got three other siblings uh so back then I was pretty close to him during my uh high school days so he 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 actually like kind of like giving me uh, you know uh, pocket money okay every month this is how much you need, you can spend that's it right you 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 want to invest you want to take your money you want to don't don't overspend it so 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 it started from there onwards i kind of like you know i treat a business okay so if i got not enough money okay like i do part time right so going uh work work part time get more money and and i don't want to Go for uh, you know, those days cyber cafes and all oh, this, yeah. CC. right? CC, right? Counter Strike and all this. You, everyone would do it, right? So, or oh, you want to go Sunway Lagoon? Is back then yeah, is, that was the, the biggest theme park or the only theme park, right, in Klang yeah. Valley that's so famous, right? So, yeah. So, uh, so we, we have to control our spending, uh, you know, uh, using that account. Uh, so my, that's why you know, the more I look at it, um, so yeah, uh, my father influence is pretty. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, big there. Uh, so and then the support from the family is, is I, I think that itself have uh, given me a lot of flexibility. Uh, and uh, when, when I when started venture into M Hub, uh, even though I was working uh for for my ex boss, uh, in fact, I, I didn't know how to open open up this dialogue mm-hmm. with my dad and say, hey, you know, I want, I want to go into... No, not like Jason. Yeah. Just, uh, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I still remember that that time I was like thinking how to tell him, like, hey, I want to I go into, you know, uh, this journey full time because I was, I had a good job for about seven years. Good and boss, which, good what job. Field was uh, it's in a, again, F&B, <laughs> ah. uh, but in more into manu- manufacturing. I was a package uh, uh, more into like machineries. I see. Right. So uh, my ex boss imported machineries from Europe, and then I was a I was brought in as a sales engineer, and then uh, promoted as a, a product manager, and also became a, a kind of like a, uh, his uh, general manager overall, like managing the whole team. So I grew the comp- help him to grow a company from two to three man team to to about thirteen or fourteen of us. Wow. 
before I left. Uh, I also helping you grow from uh, maybe two, three million to close to 10 million uh, sales, uh, you know, um, before I left. So that's how I also got into a little bit of people management because I, I he, he, he also allowed me to uh, kind of help him uh, to run this uh, whole company freehand, like the people I want to bring in, um, the, the uh, how to set up a new department, uh, the SOPs, what sort of pricing. So he, he, he was a very supportive boss. I learned a lot from him, really. So how did he feel when you... Now I know why it was difficult for you to open up, you know. I don't think Jason had the <laughs> same kind of boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but why was it like, uh, how, how, how was it on the day you decided to, you know, branch out on your own? Because I, again, you know, the the money instinct of me or yeah. the entrepreneur in me that uh, since young, I actually wanted to venture something myself, right? So I even told my ex-boss, maybe the second or third year of my career, I already told him that, hey, boss, uh, I may want to start my own business on one day, right? I don't know. He was totally okay with it, right? No, he, he said that, he, he, he said that, you know, why don't you, you stay here? You know, I will make you a partner one day, yeah. right? Yeah, so, wow. so I think uh, after that opportunity came, yeah. Right. Uh, it was twenty late twenty fourteen. Uh, I think uh another co-founder of ours, Joshua, uh, came back with this idea and said, "Hey, you know, why don't we do something in the in the mortgage, uh, mm -hmm. side of things, right?" So over here, I was like, "Hey, you know, I also had a very big uh challenge to get mortgage loan for my first uh probably first property that I invested in." Uh, imagine Did you like that friction. Yeah, because back then you see everything's manual. You, you just have to, in fact, you just have to know the bankers or the people uh, uh, in the industry sometime for you to get a loan because no one taught me how to get a loan, right? And unlike now, you can Google a lot, you know, all this, you know, uh, maybe you have a, 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 a speaker like yourself, a guru like yourself who teach people online. Uh, back then, not not so many, not so right? You just have to pay to attend courses only, right? So now, then, uh, fortunate enough, I you know I had a very uh, I mean, it took me long uh, months lah to get my loan. Imagine if I couldn't, uh, I didn't know a, a another banker of mine, a good friend that introduced a, a very good uh, mortgage banker in in one of the I uh, mean. Uh, local bank right so i wouldn't get a loan and i wouldn't get my the return that i get now because in fact uh this is one of my best investment almost 100 percent uh gain and this is on in the span of a uh, few years uh, uh yeah about probably 2014 uh oh, back then, so 2013 years. uh yeah I so see. almost hundred percent gain of my uh investment lah. So so then I was like, hey, you know, Joshua came back and said, hey, why don't I do something in in the mortgage mm. space and and do a, a, a do this you know uh what I call a, a, a how do I say a streamline whole loan application process sure. you know do it digitally. So that's why like, okay lah. Then back then I got this issue. Then I said, hey, I look for a friend of mine here. Right, three of us say let let's do do it together, lah. So, Jason, yeah. how 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 did you come in the picture from your perspective? Sure. Um. So, like I I shared the last time. I mean, just just a few minutes ago was that uh we saw a huge opportunity to do something in technology, and um when Joshua talked about it, we we saw a similar model in in Australia, and he thought that 
Malaysia is, I think, is ripe for disruption in this mm-hmm. mortgage referral uh, business. So we thought, we had this conversation, we talked about it, we brainstormed. And I think also going back to your earlier questions, me and Quack, we were saying that, hey, we have a, a window of opportunity, a window to, to go crazy and do something big. Uh, instead of working for someone, we want to try our own hand in, in, in building something for ourselves. And it was this real conversation that if you don't, if, if you don't do it now, <laughs> we don't know when we'll ever do it again. Or we may get, you know, uh, 20 years from now, regret, oh, we should have done that. We should have done that. So we thought, no, let's do it. Uh, of course, it's crazy. Uh, ask anyone who's, who's uh, run a startup or uh, who's an entrepreneur. The early days is, is a very scary thing. So we, we had a conversation. We talked about it and we said, okay, there is opportunity here. Uh, me, Quack, and Joshua, of course, at the time, Joshua was still in, in Australia. Um, me and him, we were working in cafes and we decided, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's take it one year at a time. First year, let's see how it goes. And fast forward now, eight years, seven, eight years now. <laughs> and and we're, we're still at it. So, so yeah. yeah. In 2015, maybe you can share, Jason, what were, what were these fears that you were talking about? Because I think different, I think one of the less talked about things in entrepreneurship is the relationship between your business and you as a person mm. in that you have different personalities and yeah. therefore like different fears, different concerns start to come out. So sure. and there were four of you mm. So I'm quite sure that uh, there were multiple of these fears. Maybe you can share. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll try not to take too long. Sure, sure. But um, so it, it started with two of us and, and, and Joshua and then we, we, we tried, uh, <laughs> we went to banks because it was started off as a mortgage uh, referral yeah. type of a platform. Uh, and, and the word FinTech was new, brand new. Uh, in fact, when, when we were doing it, I told a friend of mine who's in the tech scene and he says that, what are you doing is FinTech? And I told my partners, hey guys, uh, what are we doing is FinTech, huh? FinTech, what's that? <laughs> it's like, oh cool, yeah, it's FinTech. So we went to banks, we use this hashtag FinTech everywhere we go. And, and people like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, come on in. And, and we, we, uh, we was quite surprised that all the banks were actually very welcoming to hear us out, right? But when it came to actually inking a deal and, and, and moving ahead with something, uh, it was still very early. They were also not ready. We were also on, honestly not ready because we were new. We didn't have any track record. We didn't have any uh, uh, real uh, tech behind us. In fact, it was more a lot of, a lot of conceptual pushing for proof of concept. And one, one big thing that we needed to do was to, to also build a tech and that was very expensive, right? Uh, that, that cost a lot of money. And we, we decided that I think we, we need to get our CTO in and, and we approached John. We, <laughs> we, John, who is now our CTO, we, we had long talks with him. We convinced him, we convinced him. What, what, what was the hesitation? Why, why was it? Yeah, he, he had a stable job. I see. Yeah. Right? He had a very good, stable good, job. Good, good, good. It was with Ringgit Plus. Yeah. Ah, so, yeah. so uh, stable job, good money. And then he's going to like, uh, give up that salary to yeah. do this thing, which is not a sure thing. Yeah. There's always a risk element. You, you don't know. Uh, so he come in year one, year two, we, we built the product and there was some, uh, I think one thing that really helped us was the government grant. Yeah. We applied for a government grant and we, we had some money, seed fund to, from to just- Platcom Ventures. To platform, yeah. From Platcom Ventures. Uh, shout out to yeah. Platcom Ventures. Uh, Biruta, Birunta. Birunta, sure. yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. And, and uh, it gave us the, the seed fund to, to uh, to pay our then outsourced vendor uh, to, to build it. But then we decided, no, we need it because we're always iterating, we're always refining, we're always adding features and, and we, we, need, we need that someone. So John said, 
finally avenge. Yeah, thank God. He said yes. Yep. And so we have our team in place. So over a bakute meal. Over, <laughs> over a meal, of course. <laughs> it's always over a meal. Uh, and when we were in place, then we we had, we after running to going to the market and trying this for a while, we decided we had to make a hard decision. Um, will the market accept us and will it grow? And we decided that I think we needed to pivot. And that's where from a more fintech type of approach, we went into property technology because uh, we felt that that's where that's a market that is more welcoming to us. And uh, I think we can really solve the problem okay. in the property transaction uh, journey so, rather than on the loan side of it right. uh, back then. But now coming back full circle, we are revisiting the loan uh, referral time because we've already kind of like built for the, the core transaction of the property. It only makes sense in the value chain to then provide uh, yeah. loan referrals as well. So I, I, I want to get right into M-Hub, but then I got one more question, sure. which was how do you decide the, from the outset, the rules of the partnership? I mm. think that is another aspect of, of, of businesses that needs to be talked a lot more about. Yeah. How, how do you all decide? Because I hear, you know, you all do it equally. Mm. You all have one person, you know, in Mandarin, you know, they say that one mountain only can have one tiger, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. So the people have different philosophies. Sure. How maybe maybe I can share what was the top process? Why you CEO? Why Jason CMO and the CTOs and all that? Um. Yeah. Tricky questions. Uh, I think <laughs> when we first started. Um. Mm, okay. The time Joshua <laughs> muted the idea, right? So then we were doing some brainstorming uh, session about the business model. Then also, uh, of course, uh, uh, we, we have to talk about uh, shareholding. We have to talk about the structure. So in fact, I volunteered myself. I told them and say, hey, look, um, I'm, I'm going to, if I want to do this, I'm okay to do it full time. So once we raise some funds, uh, you know, so long it covers, uh, we have to talk about reality, right? So it covers some of my uh, uh, expenses, expenses yeah. right? Uh, because I got installment to pay, I got all this. So I'm willing to jump full time. So uh, in fact, that's how I, I you know, we, we started. So I say I can become the, the CEO. Uh, and uh, because I say that I brought, brought in knowledge of all this uh, people management back in my, my uh, previous job. Uh, so I say, you know, I, I can start with that, right? So I think um, uh, as we learn, because as, as uh, CEO, I have never been, been a CEO before in my lifetime, right? For sure. And, and none of us had become uh, like yourself so, yeah. and never become a CMO or Joshua never become a CSO, CTO. Everyone's learning. So, but uh, we also look into our skill set and our personality. So um, therefore, um, of course, uh, therefore we, that's how we segregate our roles and we intentionally look for a co-founder who has a slightly different background from each other. Uh, and also uh, different personality. But of course, one thing that we, we need uh, or one aspect that we always look for is the chemistry, mm. right? You need to be uh, uh, in that uh, in the team that will have a very uh, good uh, chemistry or chemical reaction among the founding team, right? Like at least, you know, we, we, we went out before we even confirmed, you know, if we bring him or whoever uh, going to start this journey together, we actually talk uh, really, you know, uh, go deep and, and talk about our journey and, and 
uh, and also I think also because uh, some of us already know each other for quite some time. Like Joshua and I, uh, we already friends since uh, uh, from one, right? Oh. And uh, Joshua and 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 John uh, were uh, I think they know each other from uh, kindergarten, and then Joshua knew uh, Jason from church, right? A couple of years, so that that's where you know at least we we know each other for for quite a while, uh, Yeah. Do Do you have thoughts on you know going into business with friends, right? Because I think. Many people also, you know, I hear it say, you know, never, never be yeah. in business with friends, right? Yeah. And here, yeah, basically, you know, you, you guys probably will have been, all four of y'all have been friends in, in primary and secondary sure. school at uni, right? Yeah. I know you're coming. Yeah, coming yeah, yeah. No, that's from, not my opinion, I but, know. but there are a lot of people have this opinion. It's, it's very yeah. common that uh, partnerships go sour yeah, yeah, and yeah. things uh, get heated. Um, and there's always that risk for sure, right? Uh, but what, I think what Quack said, uh, we started off as friends, mm -hmm. but even from that journey, we had a clear uh, understanding and communication that they, this is what we're trying to build towards. And uh, it's always a matter of communication. And it's not whether we fight. I like to say this, that we, it's not whether we, we confirm fight. One, uh. <laughs> you, you, if you say you won't fight, that's unrealistic. Okay, But it's whether we can fight well. I see. The rules of engagement and who does what and, and sacrifices and how do we make decisions? That's always something that we had to uh, refine and fine tune. So I, I, I would say we, as partners, we have complementary skill sets, complementary temperaments and personalities. All I can say is just we got lucky. Okay? We got lucky right. that we have a team that works well together. And uh, even when I talk to other, if I see other companies and other startups, uh, it's something that is, is lacking a strong core leadership team. Something about uh, our leadership team works and we are always thankful for that because it, it, it works, right? But uh, I think trust is, I think it will go back to our culture and our core values. Uh, trust is a very big element yeah. in, in, in how we function and how we make decisions and, and every, everything it's really about that trust. And we keep it tight. We have uh, regular meetings, regular uh, you know, leadership team uh, huddles and, and, and there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think uh, at the core of it, at the foundation is, uh, is, that, is that trust and, and then friendship. You know, it's not just all about work, work, work. So you do, do you all yeah. do like fun stuff? In yeah, your his, his, his motto is work hard, play harder. Play harder <laughs> right? Wow. Trust me, this guy plays very hard. <laughs> yeah, so. so what y'all do at the free time, what? Sports? game together. I mean, that'll be very interesting, right? The yeah. Co-founders. Yeah, yeah. Game together. I mean, going back to food, we eat a lot together. Yeah, I see. Um, and we, we drink, drink a lot, lot together. And we also party. We include our management team and right. we include the whole company. So that, that kind of culture is it's in, in, in the whole company, uh, the whole organization. How about the families? You know, do the families Meet yeah, once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, okay, okay. Uh, we have meals together. Right, right. So that's important. Yeah. Okay, look, I, I, I really like to go down this path of discussion, but I have to remember that uh, I have not asked the question about MHub yet. <laughs> so, Mr. CEO, what in the world is MHub? I think when, when I first looked into the website and some of the slides that Jason gave me, I couldn't get it immediately. Eventually, I roughly got it. But maybe for, in your own words, right, how would you describe MHub? Okay, MHub 
in general, okay, I mean, I mean, a lot of people also think like, oh, what exactly is MHUB, right? When we first uh, come up with you know, that, world, that idea yeah. also, right? So um, in short, we are a property transaction platform. So pr uh, primarily uh, focus on transaction, anything to do with transaction, because transaction it's uh, in property is a, it's a very long process, right? Unlike um, like uh, any e-commerce, you just go there, I order, and uh, get transacted next day you get delivered right in property it doesn't work that way right uh, especially that the whole cycle takes months in the past right so what we have successfully done is we actually streamline the whole process uh, by you know digitalizing the whole manual processes that usually you have to meet and greet and everything pen and paper we digitalize it you know that's the first uh, step of uh, we call it a uh, 3D la, right? Uh, is it 3D? Yeah, digitalization, right? So um, you move anything manual to uh, uh, digital, my, yeah, right? So that's what we did. Um, so we also go further to do automation now because when you have dig digital, uh, you have digitized everything. Now next is you you try to automate and speed up the whole conversation between the stakeholders. So we link up, we success, we, we probably the first one that would successfully link up developers with their real estate agents, uh, with their, uh, with their, these uh, financing partners, which is the bank, bank offices, and then the lawyers. And of course, the last one is consumer, right? These are the five stakeholders in a property transaction, uh, you know, cycle that you have to, uh, you need, you know, to, to really close the gap. Now. So, um, so again, back to the keyword property transaction platform. So right. um, we are not just uh, get to some, we are, we are seen as a software, but that's our base, right? To begin with. Uh, then we are building an ecosystem now to link to, like I mentioned, uh, the mortgage. We go back to our first uh, ever idea, the mortgage referral system. So now we talk to banks, a few banks. Uh, we already have successfully engaged and, and got them uh, to be our partners to offer uh, a straight through process and to digitize the entire uh, loan application process. So it takes time for banks to 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 uh, recognize the importance of uh, technology, uh, and and now they a lot of banks already have a digital transformation team. Yeah. So I think um uh, the timing is ripe. So now that therefore I think in the next few years things will change, especially in the mortgage space, and also in the legal space as well. Um, I know uh, recently the government is also uh, coming up with this uh, initiative of uh, what we call um, uh, digital or they, they're trying to go e-convincing. They right? Regulation uh, tech. Yes, yes, yes. Like so yeah. so the, the Ministry of Housing, uh, local uh, ministry, they, they have actually started this what we call HIMS, Housing Integrated Management System, I think a couple of years back. So now they, uh, they are actually pushing developers to even do a, uh, ultimately they wanted the sales and purchase agreement being signed electronically, right? So now they have actually approached us and we, we actually uh, will be probably the first one to launch uh, with uh, in the market uh, to roll out what they call a in full integration with HIM system, mm. the HIMS, uh, to allow developers to actually not just manage internally, now it's communicating with the uh, government uh, agency and send all these details to the government agency 
and vice versa, they will get the feedback on on whether this booking is genuine and this this uh what's it called um the the, the transaction is is firm up. Then we the next step would be e signing, online. Yeah. Right. So so in summary, yeah. actually what M Hub is is a developer OS, yep. a property transaction. A developer what? Sorry, can you OS operating, operating system? system? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So uh, we're talking about uh from. To, to manage, to measure, to maximize people, properties, processes, mm. right? And we bring people together, all the different, like the early coming back to the problem statement, it's so disconnected from the sales team to the project team, to the lawyers and the bankers, it's quite disconnected and the process takes long. So what we do is we provide a platform where everyone can work together, work better together. So, yeah. so uh, Jason, let me ask the question this way. How will what you do impact me as a consumer at the end of the day? Mm. I, I I don't have the stats here, but sure. I remember some of the slides you said that it, it speeds things up quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. But maybe walk through, maybe like a step by step, right? Let's say I don't have a property. Mm. Okay. And I understand your start with a marketing arm where you try to get yeah, leads first, right? Sure. So maybe all the way from leads to the purchase of property. Right. Walk me through all the different business sure. verticals that uh, MHub is So doing. So we are a closed ecosystem for the developers and the key solutions are marketing solutions, sales, post-sales and property management solutions. But you will not necessarily see us upfront because we are yes. behind the scenes. We but are, we will feel the effects. Of yes, we are, we are B to B to C. So what happens is we, we power the digital transformation of property developers, right? Uh, if you're looking for a listing, that's not what we do, right? We are more like, when, when you will decide to, to, to view a project, that's where developers use our solutions to, to, to uh, this, our property CRM, for example, uh, to manage the leads. And then from there to a property sales booking management system, where you see real time, what units are available and every single unit down to the unit, the details. And uh, we're excited to now also launch a, a 3D view of our, 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 mm -hmm. our, our buildings and, and different things that where you can zoom in to a specific unit and make a decision. So it's, it's data. Can you see the decision. toilet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, essentially you can, uh, depending again on, on, on the setup. Um, but just to be clear, yeah. you guys are focused mainly on residential units, right? Yes. Okay, for okay. now, primary residential, we also have commercial, but the, the focus is more of uh, uh, residential primary. Um, but the effects you, you're asking me is really to be able to make uh, real-time and data-driven decisions. In, in the past, if you were to, if you're interested in a unit, then what happens is the sales team will then need to check on their sales chart, you know, stickers on the wall, call their office, is it still very available, old this and that, very old school. Uh, and if say, uh, the, 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 the sales uh, initiative is happening in Penang and Johor and KL and different places. It's, it's, you can imagine the, the hassle working like Excel. And, but with MHub, with our showroom, they can just log in and see real time what is available, what's not available. So at the, at the core, the heart of it is our property sales booking management system, right? And that uh, tech enablement, that digital transformation helps them uh, transact a lot faster. Okay, yeah. if, uh, if, if it takes six to Eight, uh, nine months in the past, now we're moving it to below a month or even shorter. Below a month, yeah, wow. That, that is the, the goal. It, this um, includes the loan application yep, process. Yes, until signing. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, of, of course, uh, it's not just the technology that has to be in place, but 
also the people. That's why one of our tagline is a people-powered property platform, right? So while we are moving towards a speedier transaction, uh, it takes time for not just systems to be upgraded, but people's mindset to be upgraded as well. And that's where we are at. Yeah. So um, let me explain it in my own words and see whether sure. it makes sense. So the first thing that your software and your, your platform helps the developers is to pair up the right agents to the right people looking for a property. So if I'm looking for a property, you'll be able to tell that, okay, this agent has this specialization, this in Clang, wherever, or this particular area in Clang, and I know this guy is looking for this particular area in Clang, mm, mm. and then you make that first connection. Not, not quite, not quite. Okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, if I were to uh, keep it in a simple sense, when a developer comes to us, like any of our 120 developers that came to us, they will say, yes, we will use it, your platform. They will load all their units and all the deals onto our system, okay, okay. right? And next thing they will, they will bring to the system is the sales teams, as well as the bankers and the lawyers, right? So the sales team will go out and sell, whether internal sales or agencies and you know, uh, you know, uh, real estate agents, and they will log on to the system and see what's available, not available, right? right? right. We, we, we provide the tools for speedier decision-making and, and real-time view. Uh, we don't do the matchmaking to the agents. That, that is uh, not what we do, but we have the CRM tool. Once a lead is in, so whatever uh, digital marketing or other marketing initiatives, it will come into the, the that's the starting point of our, of the, so of, the, of a buyer coming to the system. So you make it easy for the developers to assess the, the different agents, how good they are. And things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, to, to measure, to manage, to maximize properties, people and processes. Yeah. That's what we do. I think probably I want to add on yep. to what Jason's point is. Uh, the, or going back to your, your question, so what's, what does a, a consumer will, will be you know, able to get out of this, right? Imagine we have done uh, launches in the past, you have to do a only physical launch, right? So now we have helped our developers during COVID, right? Launch a project without them opening their gallery, everything uh -huh. online, virtual. And we have helped them to sold out a project within 28, 300, 308 units within 28 minutes. So that in the past, you will never be able to do it. Yeah. Right. So because we have the tool ready to help developers to pre-filter wow. their customers, to, to, to get all this uh, uh, interest, you know, uh, beforehand. So during the unit selection day, you don't need to actually travel. You as a consumer, you just sit at home, wait until the countdown timer, you know, say like 10 o'clock. Huh? Yeah, then you just, <laughs> exactly. you just pick the units. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. it. And then you get your unit uh, that you yeah. want, right? So, so everyone is rushing. We got thousands of uh, buyers, you know, uh, during COVID or even now they're still using it. They had to rush in during the so-called uh, unit, uh, uh, virtual unit selection session, not day anymore because you don't need a day to, to, to finish the whole unit selection in the past. So within half an hour, every oh. unit is picked. So, so typically this will take two to three days mm. for that whole process, the balloting and unit selection. But what we did was bring it down, like Greg mentioned, 300 units in below 30, 30 minutes, right? And the view was very cool because what they did was they decided to show on a big screen our site plan, our showroom, 
and the units were all being grayed out one by one, you know? Ooh, so you <laughs> so imagine the, uh, the buyer. The, the fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, foremost. Yeah, like, the I foremost want that unit. Yeah, yeah. People start booking, 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 booking. And then the developers were so happy. Seriously, they yeah. were like, wow, they're so happy. Wow. They, they screenshot the whole, screen grab the whole thing and it was very happy. I th- yeah, I think not just developers, the consumer itself, I'm sorry, you know, it's I don't need to go and queue yeah. anymore, right? Like yeah. queue, op- some you, you see in the past, you have to queue overnight just to get the, the number, the ballot number. Then only you go and choose a unit. Come on, yeah. you know, we're in a, this such a digital world. You still want to queue like what hours or days just to get the ballot number. And anyone, as long as they have access to your platform, they can go and book with you or like select we, we, few people. Yeah, we, we have, okay, that, that's a, that, that comes the complication, you see. Uh, we allow developers to set their own rules. Hmm. Certain developers say, hey, okay, I want everyone come in Russian or free for all, or I want it to be like a, a, a balloting way. Right, I have a, a you know I've selected a pre pre filtered a, a couple of them, maybe out of five hundred I pre filtered to hundred because uh, I need to make sure they they qualify for loan first, right? So because loan applic- I mean eligibility is also a big thing, right? Because yes, I yes. also don't want I, I want to turn around fast turn around for my units, right? So MJ, so, I think uh, just to share our big goal is to be the standard in all property transactions in Southeast Asia. So that standardization process actually takes efforts to understand what are the current processes and what the different developers currently practice right now. And I think we're happy to say that in the early days, they were like, developers were telling us, you do this, you do that. Now they come to us and say, hey, MHUB, how should we do it best? Yeah, right? What's the, what's the best practice? Because we've seen so many in the market, we've, we've done 2000 projects for them. We kind of know what is the best, most ideal way to, to do things. And that moves towards our standardization of things. Right, uh, whether they want to, but of course, there's they have their own strategies and approach. But if they want the most seamless and ideal one, how how to go about doing it, and what would maximize their 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 profits, and how to go to market with their projects. How how is the experience like for the developers and their staff to onboard on your platform? How how long does it take for them to learn learn it? Uh, so that for for uh for new developers uh, it depends on number of modules because we have very comprehensive end to end because yes, we yes. have just now uh, just mentioned four uh, suites of uh, of four segments solutions, solutions uh, marketing sales, uh, sales post sales and property management so if you are just you know coming to us and say hey I just need a sales solution then it's that pretty fast right that probably less than a week we can set it up you can run. We have in the past we have done it twenty four hours as well. <laughs> yeah, like the the the, the say, yeah, I'm gonna launch tomorrow. You have do you have anything you know something quick? I say okay, why not? We take the challenge, you know. So it depends on how. Uh, I mean, it's actually two ways, lah, Right? If your 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 information are ready, everything's ready, so we can onboard quite fast, right? So now typically it's about seven, uh, seven days. Yeah. So what one one very interesting stat uh, is that forty percent of all property transactions in Malaysia. Primary, primary, primary market, yes. Uh, comes through MHUB. Yep. Now, I want to go back to what you said earlier on about one month. So you said that the traditional, the, you know, in the past, it took nine months, right? From saying, a person saying, I want to buy this property to actually getting a loan and then getting the keys. Or not the keys, but signing the SBA. Um, when you say that you want to reduce it to one month, is it a target or is it the average right now? Currently, we have transactions uh, that convert pretty fast because they do the pre-filter. 
right? So some even within days, some even uh, okay. Why why is it taking so long? Sometimes you have those also have to look into zoom into the the problems, right? Um, uh, why I'm saying that there are problems is because of loan eligibility is a big thing. The bankers, right? yeah. the bankers, uh, the the even even the afford. The 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 uh, the buyer's affordability. Whether you know are they, uh, uh what's it called? Um, what's the word? Uh, uh financially, uh, uh, viable to buy this property, or do they need to the get? Uh, you know the credit worthiness. You know, have they done enough checking, or uh, do they have a very good uh, you know, credit track record? Right. If not, usually they will they'll get their uh, spouse or their family members to be the joint buyers. So that will complicate the whole process right in the past i would say why six months why nine months because the whole process is very manual right and then there's a back and forth going on between the developers and the real estate agents and the bankers because imagine this is a manual process yeah. so every time i need to follow up on the loan obligation is i have to call the bankers and how 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 right so or you know even loan is approved then then i have to chase the the the, the buyers to sign right back and forth and then later on i have to prepare the documents you know with the uh, with the lawyers right so this whole process ding dong ding dong and sometimes turnaround time of of the loan because the loan is cancelled then i need to find a new buyers right so i need to i, I know probably i have a waiting list but it's all manual so i have to slot in someone uh, later on to fill in into this uh, you know this this unit and then you know that that actually drags the whole process why yeah. we say less than one month it's not a target it's actually already happening in uh in our current situation That's so great. of course we have the like, like uh, jason mentioned we have the best practice right if if a developers follows our back best practices usually is less than a month yeah right this, if, that was, this yeah. is what i was about to say is because the the speed of it doesn't depend on us completely uh like i mentioned earlier we are a closed ecosystem once the developer says we want to use mhub they onboard their sales team they onboard their their bankers mm. their mm. lawyers of course the buyers as well the buyers also have to want to play ball so we have provided the, the the platform for seamless communication and frictionless uh, as per what quite said earlier on so if we want to do it as even up to a week it's it's definitely doable right but i think what's happening right now is uh the different users different uh parties are catching up and and moving towards that so the bankers will also have access to the platform that you're mentioning yep. to see yes. some of the stats and yes. all that. Yes, uh, Because we are a suite of different yes, solutions. Yes. So for the bankers, uh, once a booking is made, they can then get the leads for the mortgage application, right? So like I'm, 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 like I'm, I'm a buyer, come in, I chose this project uh, and, and I can do in, in our uh, platform a uh, uh, CTOS check, right? Or, or any credit work. Secrets, you know? and know uh, what's my loan eligibility. And from there, apply for bank A, bank B, bank C, right? But we also provide solutions to connect with the best loans for them. And then it, wow. it all speeds up, yeah. So it speeds up the banker's job as well? For sure. For so, sure. but when you say these three stakeholders, mm. usually which is the one that causes the most delay mm. in the process? Um. Of obviously loan is just the big thing. It's the, big, uh, right? it's the mm. biggest. Uh, uh, so then, um, and uh, of course, uh, sometimes it's also depending on the strategy of the developers. Certain developers that say, "Hey, you know, um, okay," because I have to put a disclaimer now, Because sometimes the uh, is is the the uh, the turnaround time of the transaction 
cycle it's longer sometimes it's not because of processes it's mm. also because of product right because if let's say the product it's, it's not uh a, a uh, how should i say um uh, the pricing strategy yeah the pricing strategy the location you know, certain th- this is beyond our control right because if, if let's say a, a, a product being launched at a different uh, at a difficult timing right uh, or uh, parts it you know just say imagine during the, the high of covid uh, a lot of premium market uh, uh properties are affected because uh, the pricing uh it's uh, it's not so favorable to to this uh, this type of project because you don't have uh, foreign buyers coming in during that time so but transactions still happening because a lot of people say hey you know who's going to buy uh, properties during the covid but we have seen transactions happening bookings are coming in money. yeah malaysians are in fact uh, a lot of properties are being sold that time are the affordable ones and are the oh. bigger bigger units because because uh, a lot of buyers feel that hey i stuck at home for you know for the longest time of my life i don't like the size of my yeah house. i want i want to upgrade <laughs> in fact that that's happening and landed sell very very well and i yeah. i think in terms of numbers that you all actually do better during covid yes in fact wow. in fact uh covid was i mean yeah i wouldn't want to say this word yes. the blessing word but Look, it's, it's actually to us it's well. um accelerated yeah accelerated the whole digital adoption so in fact our sales grew three times compared to 2019 uh during 2020 so uh yeah i think in fact uh uh, i mean that we always have the the image what what caused a digital transformation not your ceo not a cfo is the the (laughs) another c which is covid actually push everyone that hey you know look uh, you should really yeah. but in a way it. because you guys started in 2015 you guys were ready yeah yep. right yeah I think a lot of businesses only it's kind of like insurance uh, they only start paying want to get insurance after they get their heart attack <laughs> but you guys already had insurance yeah. and yeah. heart attack made you all stronger so it's like a, a reaction rather yeah. we were proaction you yeah. guys so we were very proactive mm-hmm. about it uh, but I would say also it's, it's, it's yes COVID accelerated it but it was going to happen anyway that's how we saw it. Digitalization of anything. You know, it's, it's the, the yes. tech of everything is happening in, in all industries. It's just that property takes a bit uh, a longer journey. And that's why we have Because of multiple discovered. stakeholders yes. and yeah. administration. Correct. And all that. Correct. Uh, they, things have been uh, done a certain way for a very long yeah. time. So when it comes to digital transformation, it takes a while for people to, to warm up to it and get to that place. But eventually, uh, developers have to catch up there's, is, there's no doubt about it. Uh, if if you do look at studies, even at uh, KPMG, uh, EY, whatnot, you, you will see that uh, buyers expectations are also moving towards a more digital, the way that the buyers, uh, I mean, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and the buyers now are different. We, the mindset, the expectation of getting the information and real-time information and, and all these kinds of things, it's moving towards that, right? And even purchasing journey is not just a purely physical thing. Uh, it's not or, or purely an online thing. Definitely, you need to see the unit. But prior to making that, that decision, there's a lot of research online, right? So it has to be a hybrid, integrated, holistic approach Absolutely. and not just uh, a one way or one the other. I think developers have, uh, are, we realize, are catching up to that. And, and the more forward-thinking ones who adopt technology and adopt uh, this kind of uh, tools, uh, they see the benefits, definitely. What, what's stopping these developers from saying, hmm, 
think we can do it ourselves, right? And I know a lot of, uh, you know, in, even in different industries, they're mm. wondering, why are we letting sure. some smaller company do it? I think we've got the resources to do it. Why do you, why do you think they don't do it? Why do, you, why do you think they don't become your competitors? <laughs> well, um, I've, okay, the, the biggest advantage we have is actually the community, right? Um, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. So, uh, what we know is because we uh, we have like close to hundred fifty developers, not just in Malaysia, we also venture out to Indonesia. So, uh, we hear a lot of feedbacks and comments, and we also go down, or we call it turun padang, go down to 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 look at how developers run their campaign. Right. So, if you are just uh, one developer, you only see what is happening within your organization, but we get to see 150 perspective. So imagine what kind of advantage we have over, you know, another company that you only have within your own, you know, uh, parameters, yeah. right? So that actually gives us a huge advantage, right? So uh, we always tell developers, yes, you, you, you can set up your own digital team, build your own M-Hub, go ahead. Right, because no, I mean, you have your your own funds, you can do it. But, uh, but we we would definitely have a better uh, access to all this information than you alone, right? So, uh, and also, if a developer go and set up an M Hub equivalent, they can't grow this business. It's only for them. Yeah, it's only for them. Yeah, and it's only to reduce their OPEX, maybe. Yeah. Right. And how much only? Really? Yeah. yeah. So and, and we are we are actually charging them like a fraction of how they yeah. actually set up, right? And when you set up a team, you have to maintain the team. You know, it's not cheap to maintain a, a digital transformation team. Hire your own tech people. Hire your own product manager. Hire your own scrum master and all this, right? And yet you still need to make sure your apps, the application that you 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 build yourself, it's of you know world class. Yeah. We are building world class uh, application here, right? So imagine. Uh, so so that's why uh, we always joke among, among ourselves everyone can build a Grab can you be as good as Grab yeah right can you be as good as Shopee mm. right so you don't have that community so so we like, used say that um, you guys cost probably less than 1% of the developers expenses if they were to build themselves no if you guys do you all think you are less than 1% of the cost of I would say uh, probably less than Five, five percent. Yeah, okay. to be safe, lah. Less than five percent of the entire GDV yeah, of the building. But, but yeah. I would say also, I mean, coming to your question, I think it's a great question, by the way. Uh, it's for me, it was a, a KPMG report that yes. said that you know this whole digital transformation for developers, many would want to try to do it themselves. And in historically, after two three years, they will spend X million. They overspend. They overspend, and then typically it won't work out. Because it's not their core business. It's not core. Yeah, you should focus on your core business and allow uh, other people who will focus on, on on that to to help them. Yeah, to 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 do what we can we do best. And I think right. that's the the correct way. Uh, not saying that it won't work out because I've seen I mean, there's a handful who've tried and actually they they have a, a decent product, but there's always a ceiling to it because they're, they're going to be only and, and other it's a cost center for them. Correct, but correct. you guys for you guys a profit yeah. center. And also, if they were to going back to that whole uh, scalability of it, they will not. A, a, another developer will not be comfortable using another developer's product. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Right? And then they scared to share data. Exactly. And, yeah. So I, I want to go then now into how you guys acquire these clients, right? So I think it's a two-part question. 
the first is, especially when you all were starting out, I think a lot of budding entrepreneurs will also want to know, how do you get the big clients? I've, I've seen some of the clients that you mentioned. Of course, feel free to mention sure, them at sure. your own uh, comfort. comfort. Yeah. Um, some of these names that you got in are, are huge and you do not achieve 40% of residential transactions without having big names, right? Mm. Obviously. Mm. So that's my first question. How do you get these clients, especially in the early days? I think mm. today it's not, it's no, it's not uh, difficult anymore. Yeah. But certainly that's the first. And the second thing is, how do you decide on the pricing? Of course, share things that are not sensitive, but this developer, how, how do you, charge them and maybe even the average yeah. sales that you make from a developer. So I mean, yeah, we start with the first question. question, you take a second question. <laughs> yeah. The numbers question. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, that, that is a really good question. And that is the biggest challenge really. Cause mm -hmm. you, you, you can't just be a solution looking for a problem. You need to find- Hey, yeah. Gamuda, I yeah, would like to. <laughs> exactly. So uh, in, in our early days, uh, and just for the record, we are not like linked to these developers in any way. We are independent on our own and we, 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 are, in, we are genuine in our, in our approach to, to developers. So uh, credit also uh, goes to in, uh, the team and our developer relation team, our customer support, our customer success team, uh, and, and also the leadership team definitely to, to we, we were just knocking doors and engaging with them and, and really building and listening first. Hey, uh, this is what we want to do. Uh, would you be open to explore using this? So, so such and such solutions, right? Uh, and of course, the, the the early days, like you rightly put it, was challenging because even to explain, you know, what what to and, how, and these how, people how, listening to you are probably in their sixties, gray hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've we've met we've met all all kinds of people, yeah. right? Uh, I would say we we had one one regret that we had we didn't do a rejection counter. In the early days, we rejected left, right, and center, like nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rejected developers? Oh, no, rejected, uh, they, they, were, they rejected, rejected us. us. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we reject them. Why were we there? Okay. Yeah. So, so, so uh, we, we went to many, and I think if you're saying as advice to, to the people who are trying to, to do something similar is that uh, people give up too easily sometimes. You know, after five times, after 10 times, all rejected, then they, they said, that's it. If, if you study enough entrepreneurs and you study enough uh, businesses. A lot more no's. Uh. Yeah, you, get, you get 99 no's before you get one yes, yeah. right? Of course, that's a pretty good start already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we had a vision, we had the goal and we had uh, uh, something I like to say is uh, visionaries see common sense before it's common, right? Visionaries see common sense before it's common. To, to us, this makes sense. To us, this is the future. This is going to be a standard, right? But the challenge to get everyone, everyone else to see it and, and buy into that. So the challenge was, is then to, to connect with like-minded people, like-minded developers who say, hey, I see what you're trying to do here and I'm open, I'm happy to explore together. And those are the kind of people we, we just build rapport and build relationship and hear and get feedback. And because ultimately we want to solve their problems, right? And be relevant to the entire market. So the early days, uh, yes, boys like SP Satya, IJM, uh, you know, all of these, these bigger developers, they were, many of them were, we had to, we had to do a lot of dating. Uh, I say not actually dating, dating, maybe he did, uh, but for me. A lot of courting, <laughs> we, a lot courting, of- Courting, a lot of mm. uh, uh, meeting up with them and sharing and, 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 and piloting. So one of the bigger ones, 
actually even say, okay, let's let's do this, uh, like what's it, six months over kind of period, and then let's evaluate every step of the way if it's working out. And the stats were very encouraging. And and once we got the first few key bigger ones, like you mentioned, everyone else just came along. Oh, if it's good enough, yeah, for oh, you need one specific IGM. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good enough for for the for the rest of, of everyone else. So yes, that's right. so that was how we we did it. Uh, the, the grit, right, and also the uh, relationship building and listening. How, how, how long did it take before you all got your first big one? And are you at liberty to share who was the first big one? Probably a year. A year? I still remember uh, back then uh, what we did with uh, one of the major client that we had. Uh, we literally courting them, yeah, a year. And we even gave them uh, like a- Good deal. Very good deal. Mm. Like a six month trial. Wow. Because we just need to, back then, you know, we have nobody, we have so small, no no one knows about us and, and they just like about soft, uh, our solution that, that we can bring to them. But for us, for them to give us green light to try, we need to give them something more. Lah. So then we are saying, we discuss, okay, okay, let's give it a try. Because <laughs> if we don't get these big names in, it's so much harder for us to to, to scale. It was so, a strategic yeah. call more than just a yeah. commercial one. It's like how Haiti Lao have a lot of free food outside. Precisely, la. right? Okay, you, you. <laughs> so yeah. So so second uh, questions. Uh you were saying But wait, sorry, before before that actually uh I, I want to get a sense of you know, sometimes conversations about entrepreneurship is too strategy level and all that. So but I understand that in a year in entrepreneurship is a long time. And of course, before you even get in your first client, uh, you know, these clients are cash flow, right? As a, essentially. And I understand that you all got financing through grants. And then I think I saw on See, your sites, an uh, angel investor, right? How was it like surviving with either no revenue or even very, very low amounts of revenue? Because there's four mouths, right? No, uh, by then you have grown a bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, by then it was bigger. Okay. One, one word, scary. Uh. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> so every day you log uh, into your Maybank check. The yeah, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you. Back then we were like every, I think the very initial days was still okay because like I say, just probably the three or four months, right? To feed. Uh, and then back then we were still like, okay, la, you know, we, we haven't really turned full time. We still got good enough uh, uh, amount of uh, saving there. Right, because we we're still working. Some of us are still working. I was actually when very early days, I was actually working part time, uh, for for M Hub so, before. So this grant money was actually more for the additional hires that you yes, were getting, yes, right? yes, especially yes, the tech, yeah. The grant the came development. Yeah. Grant came in only I turned full time. Right, the early days of 2015, 2016, we you know we were still uh, doing uh, odd job here and there because we we are still trying to find uh, that formula. The pro market, yeah, the pro market very very important. I think, uh, you know, we we were pivoting here and there, you know, trying to find the, the first revenue when we thought we got the first revenue. Actually, it wasn't the first revenue, right? Because it it, it didn't come as a recurring. So I think. Uh, that that ongoing effort of trying trying try and error try and error for for about two years before we really relaunch really our key pro, our, our our core product in twenty seventeen somewhere in August that's where we really get serious uh, buy in from uh, from the developers I think we had a our first four client who seriously paid us a good amount of money uh and and that's how we start growing and we start getting bringing in people our, our staff. 
hiring more, hiring more, just to make sure we fulfill the request. I think one thing uh, apart, you uh, know, uh, echo what what uh, Jason mentioned. Grit, the grit in us is 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 very uh, obvious because we we actually keep on going out turun bandang, you know, uh, like like Jason mentioned, also listening. We really listen to our clients' uh, uh, feedback, and we immediately change it and and do it better. And then that's that's how they uh, recognize us as uh, you know someone that who who willing to grow with them. Then they give us chance lah. So I think the early days more of like you know relationship building, uh, trying to prove prove our you know uh, not haters lah. Some some of the naysayers wrong you know. We, this is also you know, we want to do it. Who are some of these big naysayers you say? Well, uh, obviously, shame, you, right? you have yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have friends also say, hey, you know, you sure you can do this? Uh, sure, can you know, the property is already like that, you know, for, for many years, you know, saturated, big, big you know, you go, I property, probably grew all these big names, you know, so because listing portal, they, they thought we are building another Yeah, that's another portal, interesting distinction. Right? Because we, we are not building a listing portal mm. because they don't know what we are building. So, so you have a lot of naysayers say, yeah, yeah, yeah no, la, you're so crowded already, why you go and build this? So, if you go and listen to all this, uh, uh, you know, uh, comments, I think we, we wouldn't have what we have built yeah. for now. Our, our challenge is because we didn't have a reference point. Yeah. Truly, when we were building it and brainstorming, we were like going around searching online. Eh, like, like for example, Grab is a Uber of- Yeah, of, of you had no Uber. So we were like, we tried looking around. For, for the first model, yes, we had the, for the loan referral, we had an, an idea. It's an Australian, Australian company. company right? But what we wanted to do, uh, property sales booking management system, and from there, uh, the end-to-end -end thing uh, is something that we, we couldn't find any reference, at least to our knowledge anyway. So we, 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 we tried different, different things and we made mistakes, but then, so our core values is G-R-E-A-T, great. So uh, uh, to have the grit, the respect, the problem, respect our, our users, respect everyone, it, uh, uh, empathy, the, for the pain points and agility to refine. So the agility part of it is just, you know, it's not just a sprint, no? it's, a, it's a marathon. It's actually sprints within marathon. Mm. There's a lot of keep going at it and of course, trust. So I um, think why, why uh, developers and our clients say yes to us because I think ultimately they trust us. We are yeah. there, we are approachable, we are sincere, we, are, we have a conviction that, you know, we're pushing for something uh, better for everyone, right? We, our, our wise work better together. So even among ourselves, we want to work better together, work better together with technology, work better together with data, work better together within your teams. And that's the core of mm -hmm. why we do what we do. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, finally, we can go to pricing. Right? Yeah. It is very interesting. You had some experience in your F&B manufacturing days of learning about pricing and all that. So again, <laughs> without revealing sensitive information, what was the, the approach? Because this is one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs will struggle with. How much? Price, do I check online to see how yeah. much competitor charging, whatever? Yeah. So, this videos will be it? online, so even our, maybe our clients will see this. So, uh. how would you answer? Yeah. <laughs> yes. answer I never say that this was uh. an easy interview. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to correct myself. Uh, earlier, you were saying that uh, our pricing or, or we, we probably cost about, uh, I think we, we you are right, we cost about less than 1% of the GDV, right? Mm -hmm. uh, much lesser than that. La. Uh, so it depends on you the GDP. It's a cost saving for a lot yeah, of your, yeah, yes, your yes, yes. developer. Well, 5% is inclusive of all these uh, marketing fees, you know, all the marketing campaigns. So yeah, I have to correct myself on mm. that. Okay, um, pricing. Yeah, it's a very interesting question. Uh, mm. But back then, we also don't know because we have no reference. When we, when we Google, we try to compare. So we, we can't find 
anywhere in around the world. So in fact, uh, there's a joke lah, right? that back then when we first started, we want to charge uh, on the, our mortgage referral. Do you know what we did? <laughs> we actually, three of us, uh, take I think 10 ringgit, 20 ringgit, 50 ringgit. Yeah, put it into a ballot box and say, hey, you know, how much you want to charge? Uh, <laughs> that's that's, the the mortgage, mortgage, uh. that's that on the was, mortgage. That was for the mortgage. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we just did it. Okay, la, this, is, this is a 50 ringgit. Oh, okay, we charge 50 ringgit. Wow. Because back then, we don't really got no reference, don't know what to charge. Huh? This was like during 2015. La, because some of the people say, hey, you know, uh, how, how you want, want to charge me on the referral to use your mortgage referral software so we, we don't know um so then actually how we actually started also we we, we test like, you have to test the market um by uh trying you feel that okay uh i think this is what the market can afford to pay then you test it out with one pricing you know probably for for a good six months then uh that's how we also started I think our very early days, we, we our cheapest subscription was eight thousand, and then second was it, this is eight thousand eight thousand per year per year unlimited, then twenty thousand, then fifty thousand. So it's a it's an annual subscription. Yes, uh. it's an annual subscription. So so eight thousand, then twenty, then fifty. Hmm. You know, depend on number of users. This was much earlier. It's much much earlier. Right, so I mean, I mean, we don't mind to, to reveal sure, this also. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, then. Uh, as we as we grow and as we go and meet meet more clients, uh, I think you you get to meet clients and say, hey, I, I need more, I need more than this, I need this, I need that, and that. So that's how we also price it differently. We say, hey, you know, you need this, then I'm gonna add on, I'm gonna add on cost to it, right? This is how much. Uh, can yeah. you you know? Then we be sent in by quotation. Then they go lah. That's how you how you start to feel your way that hey, actually, in fact, they can pay slightly more. And then when you reach a certain a certain uh stage, uh, they can't, you know, in general, maybe out of the 10, eight say no to your price. Really. That's where you adjust back, right? That's how we, we, we price our product uh, over the last seven years. Lah. We also, really test the yeah. market. Also, it's knowing our ideal user base because mm -hmm. we can't uh, be that tool for everyone. Right? Yes. Of course, our goal is standardization and to be affordable as much as possible. But uh, we also need to know who our ideal customers are and and price accordingly the, the value of it and then scale from there. Uh, but I remember <laughs> there was one time uh, one of our competitors, the head of sales, uh, left and then told us very openly and blatantly says that uh, the way we price it, it made it very hard for them to 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 justify and to to for it to, to continue. Mm -hmm. And because uh, the consideration really is the the team that we have and and yeah. making running the business right. But uh, I think uh, ultimately is the value we provide and the problem that we're solving. And we come to this point where we are uh, very reasonable and, and all of our clients are happy to, because they've really seen it. Early on, it was more like, does it work? Can it work? But now it's more like, you know. This is the yeah, proven it's, concept. It's really. the standard, yeah. So um, right now with like 120 over uh, developers, have your, do you have like, you know, standardized packages or is it still very bespoke? Uh, we have uh, the basic, what we call a core, developer core. Then we also have, uh, the developer core is also separated into like a uh, number of users. So okay. we do have like, uh, you know, a five user, 20 user or unlimited. So depending on, because in, in, in the market, there are different types of uh, segment of developers. 
they are very large one, the large enterprise. Uh, those are very bespoke because they are, big their want is different because they want something very customized to them. So we also, our solution also cater to that uh, segment. Of course, uh, then that has to be a different pricing altogether. Then we have a very standard one that uh, we talk about the, the second tier and then the mid tier and the very small. So we, we do have pricing for different segment of developers. Yeah. Right. So when you look at the revenue contribution from, you know, breaking down these segments, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how many tiers you break it up into, mm. but let's say there's the big and the rest. Mm. So what would you say is the contribution from the big guys? So this would be the famous names versus the not so famous names. We happen to have that, those stats. Currently, I'll, I'll say probably about 60, 40. 60 uh, big guys. No, 60 in fact. Small guys. Small mid one. Okay. We, we serve a lot of mid one, right? Uh, because our, our pricing just, we, we intentionally price it that way also. So that, uh, because in, in the market, in, in fact, in Malaysia, we have about, I would say in, in Reda, Reda is Real Estate Association Housing Developer, a uh, Real Estate uh, housing, housing Developer Asian Association, Association, Malaysia. It is kind of like the, the association, the association uh, for all the developers in Malaysia. According to Radar database, there are about 1,500 to 1,600 members. Uh, it, you know, then there are those non Radar members, probably a couple hundred. So I would say in general about 2,000. But of course, not all 2,000 are active. Yes. Right. If you talk about active developers, are those that uh, built they will sure have one project every year. Mm -hmm. This is where we, our definition of active developers. Uh, so, so this, uh, in fact, uh, our 120 developers are, these are uh, in Malaysia are mostly are the active developers, right? So they, they sure have a, a project, a small one or mid-size or even township, right? So, um, so why 60% are mainly from uh, this uh, mid to small is because we are not just focusing on Klang Valley. In fact, our two bigger uh, territory will be uh, Penang and Sarawak. Bigger than KL? Uh, sizable. Sizable. So these three are the... Yeah. The, so KL, Klang Valley, we, we call it, you know, we, we don't Klang really Valley, have yeah. uh, KL. So Klang Valley, the whole Klang Valley, of course, is our biggest uh, uh, territory. Then next is uh, Penang, Northern Region and, and Sarawak. Uh, Interesting. And yeah, so so there are a lot of you know, like say, um, mid to small developers, but who are active, yeah, right. in Malaysia, yeah. So give you a sense as far as the revenue is concerned, how has the the growth rate been so far? Maybe year on year, three years, five years. Um, twenty uh, twenty was our good year. Uh, uh, we 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 grew about three three x uh compared to twenty nineteen. That's where we really you know uh grew exponentially la. Also because twenty nineteen is where we we raised our fund uh, via pitch in, uh so that that's where we started to grow our team almost double our team before, uh so then uh and and COVID hits and then we we were able to do that uh that kind of scale la. You didn't have to uh so-called retrench anybody doing COVID? In fact, COVID, no. But after that, actually, after COVID is where we, we got a little bit of hiccup. Slow down. Oh. Uh, uh, because of the tech, uh, I wouldn't say the tech slum or rather the funding winter, winter, right? So uh, beginning of uh, late 2021, 
the whole and until then now it, it actually, until now. Right. Yes. So because uh, in the past six years or seven years or so, we, we survive on uh, uh, um, all these uh, new fundings, right? Ever since uh, late 2021, uh, you know, you, we, we don't get the, 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 the uh, interest from investors uh, uh, that much anymore because everyone's pulling handbrake. Right, because of high height yeah. of interest rate in US and then every all the funds are like, hey, you know, let's look and see, you know, really take a look and see approach first. So uh we we didn't retrench, but we took a approach of uh no no new hire, uh no re- new replacement. Uh so any one of our uh, team members actually start uh going uh or, or start leaving, then we won't we won't hire anymore. Uh, the only the only thing that we we probably closed down or rather I wouldn't say retrench is we closed down a, a small division of ours in uh, is a media media division. Uh, it's about four or five headcounts there. Uh, why? Because during COVID, or oh, if it, it boom media, you know, like you know, uh, help developers to do virtual launch and all this, uh, doing video shooting. Uh, then uh, during the twenty twenty one almost everyone you know is doing all this uh, shooting online and then do all the videos online <laughs> so so it, it gets very crowded uh in 2021 so and then we we had to like you know uh you know un- until 2022 we were like thinking hey uh, we need to consolidate our team because we don't have uh, new funding coming in uh so we have to look into our top line bottom line uh, in fact, uh, 2022, we had a quite a flat uh, revenue uh, growth, or rather there's no growth, right? In 2022, we have the resort of uh, really consolidate uh, our team size and also uh, how we approach the market also. We go back to our core, mm-hmm. whereby to serve developers, uh, to, to, to really focus on what we have been doing well. Uh, then uh, actually, in fact, uh, uh, that was I would say internally we also think that was a good call uh, if if we don't do that we we may you know went into some financial problems lah. right yeah then we have to resort to really mass you know retrench yeah. which is never we nice, do, yeah. you know never nice yeah. and it's a t- team of six about 65 66 now including our Indonesian team mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so what is the largest cost I mean of course it's the people yeah but are the developers the 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 main cause or other people within the organization? When you say developers are coders, coders, right? coders. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yes, our biggest cost, I would say, it about eighty percent is our uh OPEC people. Yeah, yeah, people. So uh, our biggest team is still our developers, the coders. Uh, that consists about probably fifty percent of our headcount, and uh, we have product team. Uh, and we also have design team. So this three, uh, three, I would say technical team, uh, you know, uh, consists of probably 60, 62 or 3% of our total headcount. Right. So, I mean, maybe I go back to Jason, the fundraising bit, because I think Quack mentioned a lot about it. Um, I would assume that there are a lot funding was probably a bit easier than getting developers, right? Uh, what was, was that the case? 
Well, um, true. I know you did ECF pitching, yeah. right? Things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, after going to the market and, and doing this for a while now, we realized that uh, uh, our approach had to be different because we are we are not B two C, we are B two B, right? So we realized a lot of the the big uh, race were coming from B two C companies, and we were B two B. Secondly, is property. Not everyone gets the real estate market is something that they, it's like, oh, <laughs> a vertical that people don't, are not familiar with, we realize in the funding, in the funding scene. And that was the things that we, there were, those were the two things that we had to be mindful of when we, when we took, when we talked to investors. Uh, thankfully, when we raised via pitching in ECF, uh, our approach was to really just to build trust, put ourselves out there. People see us, hear our story, Easy hear to our find art, and what we're trying to do. And, and I think even the pitch-in team were very surprised because the, the profile of investors that came in were, were a different uh, type of investors who were more property savvy. And at that time was the highest raise mm-hmm. at, 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 at that time. Um, highest raise for, for pitch-in. Pitch in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at that time, right? Okay. So uh, our approach was just really to build trust and to build this this whole vision of uh, a connected ecosystem that that uh, that has a solid uh, profitability uh, towards transaction towards transaction and and that was the thing that so um, I think at that time uh, there were a lot of interest but um, it has to be a quite a specific uh, type of investor it's, it's not everyone so that's why now people come to us as so we we are kind of like You're choosy a bit more choosy. Uh, because it is something that not everyone gets and we, and we understand that and we respect that as well. Uh, but the upside or the potential is, is huge because you're talking about real estate. It's the, it's, yeah. it, imagine, I mean, for anyone, what's the, the largest asset size you would own? A property, right? You can't go any... <laughs> there, most people's net worth are tied to their house. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, but it's, it is a big mountain and, and people will see it, they say, wow, this mountain is so high up. Uh, scary. It's very scary. So not, not everyone has that kind of appetite or that kind of knowledge and know-how. Um, but we are thankful. Uh, there are people who see it and, and see the potential. And once uh, and that's why the, the, the journey is a bit longer, I would say, than, than most. We, we expect it to like make it in three, five years. Yeah. In our naive younger days. But as we go deeper and as we, we decided, oh, this is what we're taking on actually. This is the, the mountain that we're scaling something which is not so straightforward. It's very complex. There's many stakeholders, there's yeah. many different things. It's not just one solution. The market demands us to build an end-to-end solution. So uh, same goes to investors. Yeah. Investors, only a handful come to us and say they get it. And once they, they get it, they, 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 they come in, right? But it's not for everyone. I mean, upfront, I can say that uh, it, it is uh, something that is. But once we reach the top, <laughs> which we see ourselves there, I, I believe uh, those who, who are with us and, and journeying with us will definitely uh, uh, also enjoy <laughs> the reaps or the rewards as we reach the top. Yeah. So one, one question, this is for Quack, is that um, if I were an investor, uh, suppose looking, let's say you're looking for funding now and I'm a prospective investor, one concern that I would have, ironically, is the fact that you have 40% of this primary residence transaction, which means that you are already one of the biggest, if not the biggest 
in the space. Yeah. And how you convince me that the revenue growth trajectory, the runway sure. is still very big because already at 40%, it means that you've really got a, a big chunk of the pie. Yeah. So the only way to grow, which cannot be the past seven years, because past seven years was gaining market share, a, a non-existent pie, you all created that pie in that sense. The only way is th that the pie grows, right? How, where do you think basically the sales of the company could grow? The total addressable market, in other words. Um, okay. If you look at what we are doing uh, currently, and if you just look at Malaysia, it's not definitely not sexy, right? Uh, Malaysia, no matter what, we are uh, probably what still 30, 30, 33. 33 million population. It's not really huge. It's not really small. So, um, and you reach a state stage that uh, the uh, uh, the number of developers or number of developments will, will become slightly plateau before it is start. You know, uh, the growth. I'm talking about the growth, right? So, um, so uh, in the past, we also faced this challenge of explaining the well, how big is our market, right? So, I think now uh, the fact that we already expanded to Indonesia that opens up a new, yes. whole new horizon, right? Indonesia's population size is eight, nine times larger than Malaysia, right? So the number of developments and then they are they are young population. Right, they need the the desire to own houses is huge, right? New townships being built now. They even have, uh, uh the you know, government has their, their government have plans to move their capital to Nusantara. And Jakarta right? is more expensive than KL already. Exactly, it's like it's the crazy. rent is crazy, right? Uh, put, yeah. So the food price is also very, you know, actually compared to Malaysia, you know, some of the food I remember higher. that McDonald's is already higher than us. And, the, and this is converted, right? Not dollar to yes. dollar. So dollar to dollar will even. So, so then, um, so having said that, uh, we already started expanding there. So that opens up a new uh, avenue yeah. for us. And we are not just, we have just done our localization plan or our globals uh, version. So uh, we actually got a grant from uh, MDAC. Uh, it's called Global Technology Grant that allow us to uh, to actually uh, they, they co-fund some of our development for uh, scaling purposes. So um, we have done our version one. So I think that itself is going to be a huge market for us. Yes. And we also, once we start to grow into Indonesia, we also want to target Vietnam, Philippines. Yeah. These are all the growing markets, right? So, and then a lot of, uh, I mean, let's talk about economics, uh, economics and, and uh, a lot of uh, um, analysts is, is looking at uh, Southeast Asia as the next growth. The next China. Yeah, next China, precisely. So uh, we also uh, betting on this and we think uh, apart from Malaysia, our home turf, uh, we're going to double down into Indonesia, Vietnam, because we are ready compared to two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. So with Indonesia, what has been the challenges so far? So now I, I just share my experience talking to other entrepreneurs and even for my own business also, like we cover like Malaysian stocks, a bit of foreign stocks. Uh, there's always a bit of hesitation or challenges with going regional, uh, not because of the ease of doing it. It's quite easy to do it actually, but as a whole ASEAN is quite a 
Mexico is a very fragmented place. Yeah, it is. Uh, at, at, I mean, geographically, we look fragmented already. I mean, <laughs> don't know how many islands are there in Philippines and Indonesia. Yeah. Then also culturally, we are so different, right? I think outside of Malaysia and Indonesia, where they have some sort of similar language, in Philippines, you have something totally different to Vietnam, to Thailand, and all this. Um, so this fragmentation meant that most companies even though there's a 600 million population market in ASEAN, most companies will not be able to find tap into that scale. To my mind, only two companies, Grab and AirAsia, so far. So maybe share with me some of the experiences working starting with Indonesia. How has that challenges been from regulations, culture, things like that? Uh, maybe... Uh, let me start first. Uh, because uh, we we, um, I mean for Indonesia, it's uh, it's a little bit uh, I would say, uh, easier for us because uh, we didn't start from ground zero mm -hmm. because we acquired this company called Sales Candy. Uh, so Sales Candy already uh existed in Indonesia, for probably two three years really. So, uh, and they have done all the, you know, the initial groundwork and, uh, you know, sell it to the respective developers, open, open the market lah for us. Lah. So when we acquire Sales Candy, um, that itself already uh, uh, been, you know, uh, allowing us to have a, a bit more solid foundation. Uh, because when we already have all the database of developers that we have, or Sales Candy, has met in the past two, three years. And then we just need to go, you know, go one circle uh, to meet all these potential developers to tell them, hey, you know, look, we have additional features or products uh, that you can use apart from what sales candy or apart from what you are using, right? So uh, that itself has actually helped us to uh, speed up our uh, you know, market access and yeah. customer acquisition. So, and then we also have a team, a small team there focusing on uh, you know hunting for new leads new uh, new business so um we feel uh it will be a, a i'm pretty sure the go to market there is much simpler and easier compared to 7 years ago of uh, mhub in malaysia so uh, and and now we are more ready and uh, we know what the market wants and we don't need to do the uh, product market fit anymore. We just need to localize certain features so that the Indonesian uh, developers will want this type of uh, uh, features, right? Probably the 10 to 15%, which were redone uh, the, the very initial phase. Lah. So uh, next is just uh, you know, do what we did best in the past, listen to their feedback and continue to uh, enhance certain uh, features that, uh, like you say, you know, the whole market is so fragmented, right? You just need to really do something that cater to the, the local needs. That's why we build it. Our our our, uh, our back end is 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 on a modular basis, right? So every market we enter, we have to localize certain things. Similar like Grab, if you go to Indonesia, there are certain things that the features are there for Indonesia market not available in Malaysia. If you go to Thailand, same thing. So we are doing that. Uh, we are learning from them. We are doing that for, for this market. What are some of the differences you've discovered so far between what Malaysian developers want and what- uh, The biggest do? thing is probably taxation. How huh. they recognize tax differently than Malaysia. 
And another one is uh, how they will uh, see certain like the processes of uh, do you can you receive booking first or do you need to like uh, uh, what should I say? Uh, they, they have an installment plan, right? Uh, installment plan within uh, before even you get a full loan installment from the banks. Ooh. Yeah, because uh, developers there offer their own installment plan. Uh, so as the deposit and go back to the deposit because affordably there may you know and 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 uh interestingly uh especially Vietnam and Indonesia only uh, probably the whole maybe I would say the whole world uh, that I know of Malaysia is one of the market that offer very high uh, uh loan margin one of the very unique market that can offer ninety percent loan uh, even hundred percent loan. Yeah. You know that few countries usually like uh, market like in in uh, Indonesia they only offer up to sixty percent seventy percent so you have to fork out thirty percent cash by yourself how many can actually afford that Singapore is the same so it's twenty five percent exactly yeah. so so uh what wow. no wonder uh, they need the installment precisely <laughs> so what developer did was you pay me as an installment lah for that you know maybe a forty eight months you just pay me this while I'm still building the houses before I hand over to you, right? You know what I mean? So they try to address that uh, that gap, right? Because banks only can finance up to 70%, 60%. So then I don't sell, right? I still need to sell. So these are the few things that we have to localize and change. So, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, uh, adding on to that, it's, it's true really that uh, uh, we need to hyper, hyper localize a lot of things. Uh, but at the same time, there are we are modular so we can go in with the more universal needs and every market would have standard things that they, they, they're looking into and that's how we will start with that and scale up from there uh, but going back to your uh, earlier question about uh, growth opportunities um, i think definitely scaling outside of malaysia is a big one right indonesia first philippines vietnam uh you know thailand uh, but even in malaysia itself uh, we are uh, because our users are currently using I mean, not all of them are end-to-end -end yet. Some of them are using marketing solutions, sales, ah. process, property management. So there is still growth opportunities. There's still a lot of upsell opportunities correct, within your, yeah, yeah, in, in, your in bond, yeah. Our, our user base. Uh, and also it follows their own uh, property sales journey, their own project journey, right? Uh, the other, of course, exciting uh, uh, growth opportunity is in our mortgage and our loans, mm. our finance, fintech side of things, uh, which is... Uh, uh, like we mentioned, we're coming back full circle to, 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 to do that. And we really have some partnerships with banks. So those are the uh, growth opportunities besides just uh, the 40% uh, that you mentioned. And then the last one, you're saying the mortgage one is how, how will you all monetize that? Well, what's the monetization for that? I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. The yeah. monetization is coming from, uh, obviously it would be from the banks. Lah. Yeah. Because- uh, They give you a card or something? Uh, like they will pay us uh, more of a, uh, a percentage, a small cut from you know the, the loan that we we actually refer to them, uh, and also uh, we are looking in into certain some of the banks we are looking at uh, being their partners, sales partners, or rather become their brokers. So we facilitate the entire application submission. Uh, the only thing we don't do is the uh, uh, approval, right? Yes. So yeah. So what we do is uh, perhaps uh, because. To banks, uh, the uh, cost to income ratio is a big thing, right? And then usually 
their their staff costs and their branches. Uh, these are always you know add to their uh, cost of income margin. So what we do is uh, we we try to help them on on this cost saving, right? Because they pay us on a success basis, right? So this is our narrative to them. This is how we do business with them, right? So they don't need to pay us because uh, they engage us, uh, you know, they don't need to pay us monthly fee and all this. So it was always on a success basis. That's how we charge them. So if I recall, Jason, earlier on, you mentioned that there's four to five different verticals there, right? right? From the legal to the marketing, yeah. all this, right? Yeah. And one thing interesting you mentioned just now is this upsell opportunity. Mm. How many of your clients, right, actually take the full suite? The end to end. The end to end. I you think the, the, num- the, the yeah, I got the numbers. Uh, the, the the real end to end, uh, I would say is still probably less than ten percent, mm-hmm. to be honest, of our uh, full client of 150, including Indonesia. Uh I mean the main reason is because we started with our core. Uh and then we add we added our modules, like the marketing suites, the post sales and mm-hmm. the property management, probably uh, uh, one year, two years after that, and we don't, we, we didn't introduce like at one go. We also introduce in stages, right? So certain products are more matured than the the rest. So uh, therefore, uh, I would say, uh, if you want to, you know, uh, give you some numbers, uh, we probably uh, our post sales uh, suites, uh, probably uh, consists of maybe thirty percent of, of the entire uh uh, uh, uh clientele then our marketing suites uh probably higher because it actually started much earlier about 40 40 over percent to 50 percent uh then the uh, the last one the the, the very small one will be the property management suite uh that one probably about 10 to 15 percent so this is where uh jason mentioned the cross-sell opportunity upsell opportunity will be there right and and also we start to move into what we call account management mode Right. Oh. That means we, we we are hiring account managers rather than hunter. Right. So because we feel that um support is very important. Yeah, support and also the uh, uh we have to make sure our clients stay with us. We have probably quite high uh I would say, you know, higher than industry standard or whatever. I I don't know, we don't have a <laughs> reference. We have about ninety percent uh, retention rate so far. Wow. So uh it's I would say it's, it's pretty it's good, right? It's sticky. Because when these, uh, when a developer start engages, they will use this probably the next five years, right? Yeah. Until they hand over. And then when they launch a new project, they have to continue again, yeah. right? So the, the stickiness is there. So then it opens up an opportunity for us. That's why why, why we, are, uh, we are going into account management mode is because we want our account managers not just hunt and hunt for a new one, always hunt for a new one. No. We yeah, want them to grow with, the, grow with the client. We want them to tell the client, hey, I'm here to stay to help you to do better so that I also do better. So it's grow together. So also our solutions map towards the developer's own journey. So some of them are still Small. early stage, mm-hmm. early stage of their development. So they want to focus more on marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. And then when it's done with the, I mean, when the sales is in the, at the peak of it, then it's called the, the post sales. And then the property management is the resident communication, the VP. And so it's very much dependent on where they are at. But I say that uh, it makes sense for, and most developers want the end-to-end because of one thing, which is data. They want to know where, what marketing spend, how, what's the ROI, what is the conversion and, efficiency and, and end-to-end. Yeah. Like they get to see 
because with the information they can make more uh, more informed Smarter, decisions. Yeah. yeah, and and make less expensive <laughs> yeah. decisions. Yeah. How how much of sales right now is already uh is non Malaysian? Non Malaysian, uh, probably about twenty percent. Ah, yeah, twenty percent. And how long ago was it zero? Uh, okay, because also we we started. Uh, not from ground zero because we acquire sales, sales candy. candy right. Yeah, sales candy itself already had a certain base. So yeah, if you see how long, yeah. technically one year when, ago. <laughs> one year ago. So like with with regards to acquisition, now that you mention it, um, it, it was that was sales candy your first acquisition or yes, had, yes, I see. our first. So is will that be the game plan even for the next few ones? Are you going to focus more on? acquisitions rather than building, let's say a subsidiary ground up? What's uh, the consideration? That, that's okay. Um, I would say we will not discount uh, this uh, approach uh, in the future because it's obviously the fastest to uh, gain entry to a market and also gain entry to a, a, a solid customer base. So um, I think uh, what we also try to to do is we we already had have the ecosystem, so what we are trying to also focus at is by use by leveraging on our partners' uh, strength to bring more user to us. So we will try to also doing something uh like uh open up our APIs or you know open up integration for more players to work with us. Then we because you see when you are in a B two B space uh, you cannot set all the rules for your clients because the user will say that hey I want a certain way, you know, different than my other competitor, different than other. so so for us to really cater to everyone needs, you need to uh you know make Tell it me. so flexible so that they also want maybe the the other party or even our so called competitors product. In, in certain module, but they want you in certain module. Then they want to marry two of you. We say no. We say why not? We your, are your your software engineers must be cursing. <laughs> <you are>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's why the, the you know the challenges. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. is you know because we always cracking our head of how to you know open up how to make it so flexible that yeah. uh, eventually uh, the client can dictate. Okay, I want this is this, this, but you are the core. Why yeah, not? Yeah, because it's it's always. I mean, the balance is, yeah, it's it's easy to say yes, right? And then when you say yes, then you go back to the team. All right, this is what you have to do. Then you think just stare at you. They stare mm. each other. Yeah. yeah. How, yeah, right? Yes, yes. So maybe just the final aspect on the business, which is, uh, I haven't really touched a lot about, is actually hiring and managing a team. Uh, You know, managing two, three people, or I mean, just among four of you is very different from, what, 65? Maybe. You can share with me your own management philosophy from hiring, then you know tracking their progress, their satisfaction satisfaction levels, mm. and then of course if there's conflict and people want to move on, you know to other competitors or whatever, how do you manage that whole thing? I would I would say our approach to building our team. Okay, we we not we we call them team hub team hub. M hub, team hub, right? <laughs> so we are quite proud of the team that we have right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think our approach is when we bring them on on, on board is uh, these are people that are going, that's going to spend a, a time, a season of their life with us, right? 
So it has to, they have to have not just uh, skills that is what we're looking for, but culture fit. Mm -hmm. Culture fit is very important because um, we don't make the mistakes of uh, Silicon Valley. We always, talk, we always talk about it. The wrong hire can just really yes. bring toxicity up. You know? Even though on paper, yeah, it yeah. works, right? Exactly. Pa paper is not enough. In fact, there were times where interview and paper, they, they perfect, they, perfect, however, then when I did a big, a quick reference call uh, or message in doing the interview, I'm hearing all kinds of <laughs> things, right? The KYC, I know your uh, potential uh, hire or not, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, 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 we were quite clear upfront of the kind of people that we want in our team, people that displays our culture. So, um, you know, we, 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 it's not, it's really not just about paper qualifications. In fact, some of our hires, they, they are not, they're not even graduates though, yeah, but their skill sets uh, far exceeds maybe a, a typical graduate. And, and I think we want to give them opportunities to, to grow, right? So while, while they come on board and, and they grow with us, they are also growing their skill set and we are okay with that, right? As long as the culture fit, as long as their attitude is important, their character is important. There's no point having all the skills, but your characters, no. So we, we don't want that kind of team. We, we want, and, and also our approach is that, you no, know, right now actually uh, the team works two days in two weeks, you know, phys, phys, uh, on, oh. on site. Yeah, very, very good arrangement, right? Even for the sales guy, uh, sorry, the- The tech team, the engineering, every uh, design. Department. Yeah, two days in two weeks, we are in office for sure. Um, but there are, of course, there are other meetings, town halls and all Wait, that. Wait, sorry, two days every in, two weeks? Yes. So two once days. a week? Yeah. More or less, yeah, right now. So the office must be very small. <laughs> the office is big. <laughs> it's but, quiet. <laughs> but but, but uh, we, we allow for that kind of uh, flexibility. We allow for that kind of, again, going back to trust, we yeah. trust. But there are things in place where we, we there's track, tracking stand-ups and OKRs. The big meetings, everybody should be yeah, there. Yeah, our town halls, especially. Town halls. Um, uh, so, so I think we, we, we have different things in place, like, you know, like even clear, uh, goals like uh, OKRs, the company, you know, what, what is it that we, we want to achieve for this quarter, for example, and the, the tracking tools are in place that everyone can actually, uh, while they're working remotely, uh, but they are so on, on point in, in, in the deliverables. So, and that, that's been working out for us pretty well so far. Um, what is the culture, by the way? Mm -hmm. You mentioned culture. What would you say is the, the team hub culture? Right, team hub, our core values is, like I mentioned, the great, the great right? G-R-E-A-T, right? Grit, respect, empathy, agility, and trust. So these are things that we, we thought really hard. And, uh, I remember quite rushing. Hey, we need our, our deck in place. We need the culture side of it. Then I was taking a while, taking, taking longer because I don't want to just rush it out. I took a long time to think about it because it has to be something that we practice ourselves and we believe in and we embody. So then when we came up with this, uh, we shared it with the team and it's something we, we revisit over and over again. What does it mean to have grit? To never give up, you not know, to fall down seven times and get up eight times, right? What what does it mean to, to have respect, right, for our our, yes. our our teammates, for our clients, for the things that we're building, you know? What does it mean to have empathy, to, to actually feel the pain points, right? And and agility. Even when you talk about agile principles, there's also a subset yeah. A point one, A point two, A point how we are practice agility and how we move fast, you know, how we fail and refine, 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 refine. And of course, the big one is trust. How, you know. So what uh, are red lines, you know, that you give your staff that this is not acceptable? I mean, for example, I, I've heard some 
you know, business owners says, you know, they have a zero tolerance for, let's say, gossip. Uh, the minute they hear this, you know, talking about they're out. If uh, some people think that if someone lower wants to bypass their manager and go straight to the leader to complain, sure, sure. and say no such thing. Yeah, we, we try to keep an yeah. uh, open culture, open, yeah. open and, and- They're very and flat, right? Flat in, in a sense. Uh, all of us are very approachable. Uh, we we try to spend time because, like I mentioned, we are spending time of our lives together. So let it be an enjoyable time, right? We, when we are together, we work happily together towards a work uh, hard, play harder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I I think trust is given. But I think one what happens if if the trust is broken, mm. that is a big one that we like. Oh no, yep. because actually to 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 we by default we really trust. Which is some people may say, us, right? like yeah. you, some you people start. may say that hey, that, that's not very smart. But I think that's something that we we it's it's a it's a risk that we're taking. Uh. it's being and, it's being very yeah. very vulnerable. It's like, okay, we trust you, especially now with the work, uh, remote work arrangement. We we trust you, but if if that trust is broken, it's going to be very hard mm. to to come back to that place. Do you have any? Maybe you can share some horror hires. Horror hires without naming, uh, of course. <laughs> uh, uh name your describe your worst hire oh. <laughs> we always have a good hires <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I wouldn't say horror hires like yes. i would say some i would say mismatch of expectation ah. from both sides or mismatch of um uh personalities yeah so you see we, we i think echo back what uh, jason mentioned trust Definitely is, is, is number one thing, uh, red flag, if you break the trust. We even like telling all our interviewees during our first interview or maybe final interviews, we, we really mentioned Kao Kao to them, hey, uh, we all like, like especially salespeople, uh, we, you know, I mean, I mean among our founders, uh, probably Jason, I and Joshua, we have done sales in our personal mm -hmm. capacity, right? So we know how to, you know, snake how to cheat, right? Mm. How to, the loopholes, uh, uh, you know, the loopholes, the, the, the right? Yeah. The shortcuts, I wouldn't say cheat, la, you know, how to <laughs> do all this. So, so we tell the salespeople, look, we, you, you, if you need a break or you need to, you know, some, uh, maybe a, a, a half a day to do your personal thing, then you will compensate late, later on or whatever. La. Please tell us, don't, you know, come and give me nonsense excuse and say hey you know just because they try to cover one hole you know dig one hole and cover another we can smell it la. We, we say that you know once you break that trust you're gone la. so mm -hmm. that is very important so uh, going back to the not so good hire uh, in the past it's also uh, probably one of we got a few one is uh, I would say something that we learned in the past is Sometimes you have what I call a positive bias, not just negative bias. Positive bias, okay. That means you, when you look at the CV, sometimes you say, hey, wow, from big companies, wow, must be good. Can't fail. Yeah, no? you say, wow, okay. Because we were back then still smaller uh, and even now we are, you know, we are growing. So we say, hey, from big four, from big, all these big names are sure good. Lah. But sometimes I wouldn't say they are not good. It's just that perhaps the culture may not fit into uh, our our setup and uh, perhaps a uh, certain skill set that uh, like I said the mismatch of uh, expectation from both sides 
right? Perhaps we had a certain different type of expectation initially, then uh, the person couldn't deliver. So I saw your example that, that this person that actually came and then uh, we thought that he's, he's actually uh, pretty, you know, good in, in uh, what he's doing. But after two years uh, of trying, uh, in fact, uh, my mentor in Vistage actually helped me to calculate. Oh, you're in Vistage? Yeah, okay, I'm in Vistage, okay, by the okay. way. Yeah, in, in this VEE group. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he actually, we did this exercise. Actually, how much losses you actually, you know, as a incur result. as a result of him there. A wrong hire because we keep on trying, trying, trying. Instead of we go and, you know, do a performance review, we thought that he can do it, he can do it. It's actually millions. Millions. Because we, we, we lost, I think, a couple of deals because of the mistake that we, we thought that he can solve. And we still believe and continue to believe after two years. Mm. Wow. Right? So, so that was a, a very expensive uh, mistake. Again, back to, it's not a horror. Uh, a higher is more of, again, mismatch of expectation. Then, this, then, yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. It's a two-way thing because we, we are hiring them and because we see their potential in them. But at the same time, we are also responsible yeah. to, to help them to reach their full potential. Every fire is a mistake, right? In yeah, sense. yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I, I was thinking very hard, that question is, you caught me off guard, I have to think if there are any, that I found one already, I found one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I found one, short hire, but uh, he yeah. was, he was uh, with us, but at the same time, he was spending a lot of time with the, our competitor. Mm. Ooh. Right, and also in a public space, I, I went out and saw, hey, what's this guy doing together, right? So that was a while back. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's how you caught on. Like, it, was, it was random. Yes. Wow. So he was like, we want, I mean, just, so we, I was going to the cafe and then he, they, they, they see us and then they were like, make a U-turn away. <laughs> it's like, so we're obviously trying to avoid because they don't want to be seen. So yeah, la, trust. La. Go back to trust again. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it, so yeah. like, so when you saw that straight away, the next day you told him, hey, I saw you. Uh, I think oh. he was being dishonest in many other things. Wow. So in the end, we just had to uh, uh, make, make that call. Um, but he wasn't performing anyway, right? Yeah. He wasn't even performing, so yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So what has been, you would say, okay, I'll come back to this question later on. One more stakeholder uh, that I do want to ignore, very important one, uh, is your board. Oh. Okay, uh, there, is a, there is a downward management and there's upward management yes. as well. How has it been, you know, dealing with a board, right? Because obviously, if you're in a small company, starting out, there's no board. You are above board. board, right? <laughs> and now you are not, right? And um, yeah, I mean, because I see your board membership thing, I think there's like seven, six, six. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe walk me through the experience so far because it must have been a relatively new experience also, yeah. right? Uh, board um, members. Yeah, our boarding. board members uh, yeah, consists of actually three of us from the uh, founding, uh, founding team. Uh, one is our uh, Victor, who is actually uh, also our so-called uh, chief business officer. You know, he's also yes. a seed investor. And two other board members are actually our angel investors, like very early. Ah. So to be honest, so far, so good. Uh, we, we, because uh, all six of us are, are still pretty much, uh, because we started in the early days together, right? And, and, uh, and Victor is very much involved in the business. Dadoshi uh, Yo and his wife uh, were our angel investor a long so. time ago. So uh, the relationship is there. Uh, what we do is we, we have to keep each other mm -hmm. uh, 
accountable. Uh, accountable, that's one. Number two is also, um, because I'm, I'm actually managing that myself more because, uh, the, I mean, this uh, part of stakeholder management, uh, as a CEO, I need to handle more lah, because of uh, managing, not just about board, lah, also investors. Right, because sometimes investors, uh, uh, certain substantial investors, also you need to handle, uh, answer their questions and this and that. So going back to board is still okay. Uh, so far so good. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, coming towards the end a little bit. So just maybe two or three more questions. Um, what has been the hardest decision that you have to make in this eight year journey? Will you say? And you know, obviously, you do not have to have you do not have to sync up your answers, all right? Maybe you have different <laughs> different. We have to sync up. <laughs> I oh, okay. Yeah. You said don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I think a a a big one is that um yes, during the post COVID period, uh, quite did allude to the challenging times, uh, and to keep things uh manageable on on the on the p and l uh we did not want to let people go right we didn't want we we tried to our best to fight for the team uh so i think the the challenging thing or one of the biggest one was to uh compensate in other ways uh, we we didn't we didn't uh let anyone go but we had to like uh, adjust the salary a bit but we uh, we replaced it with uh, some equity Ah, uh, so that was a, a interesting, oh, interesting structure that yeah. we did. Um, we we didn't just outright let go, but uh, we 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 gave them some ownership. How, how much of the company's employee own? Mm, a bit well, one percent. Okay, right now, yeah, okay. about one percent. Yeah. Um, and another one for me is like he mentioned earlier about we had a, a media team, uh, oh. which we were doing. Uh, we we had big plans for it actually too. To be the marketing arm for different projects, and it was a very uh, vibrant, uh, talented team High which energy, we believe yeah. in them, and, uh, right? Uh, and and we pushed really hard, right? But uh, I think uh, we had to make that call uh, when we wanted to consolidate, and after some months of of doing it, we had to make that decision: is this something that we can keep going? Uh, and we did that call, that conversation. While it wasn't easy, I'm thankful that the team was. Uh, Understanding, they understand, and they also saw it because I think I I I I try to be as transparent as possible. So I explain the why of everything. Uh, so some people say, "Oh, Chong hey, I talk so much," <laughs> but I think uh, it helps to 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 know where we're coming from. Live on a good yeah. note, Exactly, exactly. Of course, we are still doing some, some mm. projects on and off, and in fact, some of them still say, "Hey, when when got a chance to come back to come back, right?" Because they went to another company and it's like, "Oh, not the same," and we want to come back here. They need a great culture. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, that, that that was for me yeah. some of the more uh, challenging and big decisions that wasn't easy. So, uh, yeah, same. I think the pretty much the same. I wanted to say that. So sync, well. yeah, uh, sync, yeah, okay, sync, yeah, okay. So, uh, say say you could, you know, go back in time, and you meet your younger selves, you know. Uh, at the Bakte store or <laughs> you know drawing the money lots to see how much you can price what would be the what would be the things that you would share to 
to your younger selves? And I think this is also a very helpful question to anyone, including myself, who are somewhat early in you know, our entrepreneur, entrepreneurship journey. Mm. Or maybe we have been doing it for a while, but we feel stuck. Mm. What, what would be your top advice? Be? If it was like, what would I change type of question? I, I, I can't say I would change anything, but in retrospect, I think I'll be more uh, thankful or more um, grateful for, for certain things that happened uh-huh. the way they did. Um, for example, there, there were a few moments where we wanted to work with some people and we thought, okay, this is it. Uh, this person, so-and-so investor or so-and-so partner is coming on board and it's going to make things so much easier. Um, and we were there like very optimistic, almost celebrating and all that. Then we realized, hey, they're pulling out for different reasons, right? They pulled out. Uh, and then we found out sometimes it's political reasons, right? Sometimes it's, it's some other things. And fast forward, few months after that, a few years later, and we were like, so thankful that they didn't come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the closed doors were, were, if we were to be with yeah. certain partners, it would be disastrous. Wow. Right? So sometimes, if it's not meant to be, because uh, I'm a man of faith, and sometimes I believe that even a closed door is a good thing. Right? Open doors, closed doors. So sometimes closed doors, uh, in, in re- we don't understand it at the time. It may be painful yeah. for the rejection, but in due time, it makes sense. So for, for me, I wouldn't sweat uh, those kind of uh, closed doors. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat those rejections because it may have been for the better, right? And in fact, right now, uh, we, are, we are, I would say on, on point, on trajectory to where we want to be. Uh, only thing is it's taking longer than what we expected. But truth be told, uh, we're just enjoying the journey. Uh. So yeah. I would say, I would say, uh, to, to myself is enjoy the journey more <laughs> than the outcome. I would say to, to you or to anyone else, just try to enjoy the journey. I mean, of course, there's going to be uh, moments of, of, of challenges and, and, and uh, doubt and, and hard times. But I think uh, definitely the, the journey itself is the, 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 the valuable thing because you learn from it, you grow from it. And I would say uh, being thankful again for strong partnership and strong friendship where we can just shoulder the, the, the hard times together and enjoy the good times together. I think that's the very key thing because uh, being a single co- uh, founder, it's, it's, it's not an uh, easy thing. And sometimes people even like, you know, mm. investors. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, advertisement, okay, those who want to work with MJ. Um, it, it's not easy and it can be very lonely yeah. and sometimes you get stuck. Yeah. But many times when we are stuck, we talk among ourselves mm, first yeah. and then we get unstuck that way. Or at least we get to talk about it and, and then see what we, yeah. we process it together, right? Before I get over to Quack's answer, I think you raised a good point. And I think a lot of people have this view mm. where perhaps they got burned once with a partnership mm. and they will swear off partnership. Mm. Like never get into partnership. Like it's the worst thing sure. ever. Obviously you guys sure. disagree, obviously, right? Yeah, right. We disagree, right. yes. So um, yes, you know, what would be your your advice i think um i'm very fortunate uh to to get good partners mm. uh it's memang not easy uh, like you said um a lot of people got burned uh in fact a lot of fail uh startup just because they they have a very bad relationship with their co-founders uh and then uh the business is growing so well you know but 
just because fall out, then they have to close down or one got burned out, then they have to leave and then left one uh, uh, single, <laughs> single founder, then carry on the burden. And then in the end, they still call it a day. So we have seen so many um, because we, when we first started, you know, we got peers starting together, mm. you know, a lot of them Industry and, and a lot yeah. actually raised a good money, a good amount of money, some more than us. Uh, but fortunately we have uh, each, each of us mm. and all each other to, to actually shoulder the, the burden. And we really like, like, like what Jason mentioned, you know, when, when I'm stressed, I'll say, Hey, seriously, I can't take it myself. I will call them, Hey, let, let's go out for yam cha or, you know, chill out. Or sometimes, you know, some, uh, I mean, Joshua or J John will say, hey, let, let's go for a trip together. A short trip, you know, no need to talk about business. Just unwind. Just unwind and, you know, let, let's talk shit together. And then, and then let, let's maybe, you know, just, just try to uh, clear our doubts among ourselves. Because we have friction when we do certain things among ourselves. So we also need to clear that, you know. So I think um, what, what will I tell my younger self is, uh, um, Perhaps apart from enjoying, I, I, which I, I will, will tell myself also, the younger self, enjoying the journey. Uh, I think uh, when we first started, apart from enjoying is also uh, as a co-founder, as a, a leader in, in, the, in the startup, you, you need to make tough decision certain times. So somehow that tough decision, um, it's 50-50. Right, uh, fifty chances of fail, no fifty chances answer, yeah. of, of you know successful, or maybe there's no impact at all. Right, probably there are three kinds of outcome. Um, sometimes I will say I will drag my decision. Uh, so that itself may be good, maybe no good. So, uh, sometimes also I have the fear of making that decision, even though I've, we have made so many decisions in our life. Right. Uh, so what I would say that um, go with your heart and what your heart tells you, hey, you know, your instinct, your in entrepreneurial instinct will tell you, okay, you make that call, stick to it, get the buy-ins from your, mm -hmm. your co-founders and just, you know, get them rally behind your decision and stick to that decision and chong only because yeah. there's no right and wrong decision until... I mean, many moons later, they only realize actually I made a mistake. But you make a mistake is also good because you will know, you will learn how to do a better decision uh, uh, later on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, think, I, I think it's safe to say the, among the found, founders at least, maybe even the entire team, there is no I told you so culture. Right? Of, let's say, if you, know, you mentioned friction and uh, making these 50-50 decisions. Obviously, you know, I'm sure there were situations on maybe certain uh, crunch issues where there's 2v2 or 1v3, whatever it is. Mm. And you go ahead with one party and then if that party really made the wrong decision, the other party is not there saying, see? <laughs> right. Wait, see. We had that moment also. Yeah, but of course. How, how, do you all, yeah, how do you handle this friction? Actually, what type of friction usually yeah. uh, are you all experiencing? Internally, we actually set the rules. So we had that moment. Then we, we tell among ourselves, hey, look, Let's we, go there. Yeah, let, let's yeah. go there. Because once you go there, it never ends. Yeah. And it will cause more friction. Yeah. Right. So we try to, you know, not yeah. bury the friction, is basically talk things out. And we really practice an hour in our grade, the respect. respect. We really yeah. respect for each other. We have a lot of respect for each other's work. 
like I, I really you know uh, I respect uh, admire yeah. uh, Jason on the branding on the design yeah. all this that is his forte so I want you know I, I give all support all my support so so that's him you know he'll give me all, mm. all my support that when when I, when I reach a certain decision on 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 uh, what what's sort of corporate structure how to you know on the on the vision uh, vision or direction of the company he will throw support to me because you know it's not uh, it's not easy yeah. to be clear and decisive because nobody mm. has a crystal ball yes mm. um but our decision making process has always been like what he said okay some of it is the 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 art of it or the science of it but sometimes it's just really it's an instinct right so um and the consensus i think conversation um sometimes it's just we nobody can 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 get the perfect answer because again but we can factor in everything around us and Mm -hmm. make the best decision for that time and and no don't have regrets about it i think that's a simple way of looking at it then everyone just rally behind it. Mm. Don't don't say Especially you know it. after one year say hey I told you <laughs> we had that before but we we tell we we, we talk about ourselves don't don't mention it. Yeah, it's yeah. a spiral. It's a downward spiral. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be you know you you do more harm than you know you you know yeah. if you if you're you were right so what right it doesn't bring you forward anymore. It's gonna just break you yeah. apart right. Yeah. So we're, we're in this together. Yeah, and we we have want to reach that goal together. Yeah. That's, a, that's an important thing. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, enough about the, the business. I just have one last bonus question and this has to do with like your personal life, right? I think um, we started with personal, I mean, we'll end with personal. And, uh, it's getting personal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> are you working on anything exciting outside of work in your personal life? So maybe even together or whatever that you'd like to share, shout out, projects, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you, you're doing your family, uh, family project. planning. <laughs> family project. <laughs> uh, is that, is that consumer one? Well, yeah, anything, anything. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I'm one that is, uh, juggling different things, uh, constantly and, and people know me for that. Of course, a big bulk of it is MHUB. Yeah. Um, uh, but outside of it is, uh, I'm active in my association, the Malaysian Protect Association, which mm-hmm. recently I came back in the second term as a deputy president. So serving the industry as a whole rather than just M Hub uh, to elevate. Uh, um, on on top of that, even things are like you running a podcast yeah. as well called Rema Media, and uh, volunteering in different organizations keep myself mm-hmm. busy. But in terms of priorities, yeah, family, yeah, that's a big one. Myself, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I I start. To realize that self love is important. Uh, sometimes uh, in the past I've been because part of this stage. Uh, uh, I mean, our, our mentor also tell us. You know, sometimes in order for you to do more, you need to uh, love yourself more, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, because the spiritual thing, or you know, your internal, not just physical and mentally, you know, uh, uh, right, but you also need to be spiritually, uh, positive. Right, so I think um, what I'm trying to do more is uh, to to love myself more. I start working out. I, you know, I actually stop for for longest time. Really, <laughs> start working out, start swimming, start looking really seriously looking after my health. Uh, and also, it's very easy to give the excuse, right? Oh, I'm running a business. No yeah, time, precisely. Yeah. Literally, actually, la- la- last time you know, all of us will be really you know just ah, it's okay lah. You know, build business, no need to sleep, it's so okay. But actually, it's not good, right? Because I I, I had uh. Uh, some issue in my health mm-hmm. early of the year so i was like that that was a wake-up call i say hey, you know i need to look after myself 
really really carefully and also uh yeah and then and then also covid also uh, make me realize that family support is also important right i can't just uh look after business 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 chong 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 yeah. and then there's you know when when i go home you know at least the whole grounded story of uh, at home made me realize that hey you know or oh, actually my father also loved me a lot yeah <laughs> I mean, every morning you go and prepare a fruit salad for me it's like wow, wow. okay so touching it's okay la. <laughs> so yeah i mean um yeah i felt that i think uh self-love uh because really i i, I really neglected that a lot yeah. a lot uh, and family as well yeah. all right guys thank you so much for being on thank actually you. there were so many this, I, I don't know if you guys feel it this way, but I felt like it could have been a four-hour podcast. Oh, for sure. There's so many things <laughs> yes. we didn't even touch. You yes. know, I, I did a lot of things uh, I didn't quite touch, like uh, how much activity you give away when you're fundraising. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> those uh, tough questions. I didn't oh, ask, wow. I, I didn't ask the, the juicy questions of competitors. Uh, yes. a, lot, a lot of questions I yes, didn't yes. ask. So you right. can always invite us back. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Um, you know, thank you for coming on. And guys, those listening, hope you found this uh, very well. I think I'm quite sure you definitely found this. Yes, if people want to find you, how do they find you? I'll link it. LinkedIn? Yeah. LinkedIn. Just search uh, for mhub.my on the website yeah. and on LinkedIn and on our socials. And uh, yeah, I mean, even- and Emails, you want Yeah, um, hello at mhub.my is for mhub. But individually, if you just want to just connect with us for whatever reason, just feel free to just search for my name and of course, yeah. I think we're very accessible. All right, guys, you heard that. And, uh, you know, before you sign out, remember, we uh, if you're listening on YouTube, we, you can also listen to us on Spotify. If you're on Spotify, you can listen to us on YouTube. You get to see what they look like. And, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for staying all the way until the end. I hope to see you in the next pod. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you. <laughs>